Welcome back to Weekend Movie Brands, where I am Jacob, and that is idiot. Oh, that's a that's a microphone. That's idiot. Yep, that right there. <laughs> yep, Magic Mike's a clear idiot. You can clearly point at him. Yep, good job. Oh. I was like, Magic Mike, this is not a Magic Mike, and then you, you were talking about the poster. <laughs> <down my eyes. laughs> we're off to a great start. <laughs> yes, Jacob, I was talking about your sentient microphone, Magic Mike. <laughs> yeah, you never know, I can name him. We got, a mascot for, we got a mascot for the show. Okay, on that note. Magic Mike. <laughs> So, I'm Jacob. That's Ray, and uh, that's Zach- Magic Mike. <laughs> and uh, Zachary will take away the intro as he normally does. Wait, what? What are we doing? Welcome to Weekend Movie Bros, where we talk about movie bros. <laughs> so this is our monthly podcast. I guess I'll take over. <laughs> Jacob, our- I've had a lot going on the past couple of weeks. You leave me alone. <laughs> So this is our monthly podcast. Um, it's going to be broken into several sections, and so this will go up in multiple episodes. But we sit down and we talk about all the shit that came out in a certain month. This happens to be May. It May was fucking busy. Or April. I'm sorry. That's how busy May- April was. I thought it was May. We have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, some of these are reviews. We're going to have breakdowns. We're going to talk about Star Wars, CinemaCon. Bunch of fun stuff, so please stick around. Why the fuck is Kim Kardashian and American Horror Story? All those questions will be answered somehow, hopefully, maybe. I don't know if it'll be answered, but we'll talk about it. With that being said, Zachary, where would you like to start? Well, let's start where all things begin. At the beginning of the month. Oh. With trash. Okay. So this is clearly going to be two very different reviews. Okay. Um, so We both saw it. I, yes. Um, I saw it first. I got to see it opening opening night. But okay. <laughs> I just well, it's usually you ahead of me. Now I'm ahead of you, so it felt pretty good. I'm just saying. Just Super Mario um, anyway, so the Super Mario Brother movie came out in April, made 1.2 billion dollars, highest grossing video game movie of all time. And god damn it, listen, I understand the critic review of this movie. I completely get it. There is no plot to this film, but if you are a true Mario fan. And you would understand, there's never been a plot to Mario to begin with. It's a plumber fighting a dinosaur to save a princess with a, with a mushroom guy. What plot do you want? <laughs> and he, and he, and he uses, uses apes as a background army. And the dragon sings about peaches. Did you really think there was going to be a plot? Did you? <laughs> I mean, I got some thoughts. So, well, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I, I fucking loved this movie from beginning to end. This is what The Last of Us what it did for you. Is this what did it for me? This just shows when you let the creators of these properties work with the company, nine times out of ten, you're going to get better results. Just saying. Because everybody came to play. Now, Chris Pratt out of the way, I actually liked him better in context within the movie than the trailers. I actually thought he did a pretty good job. I did not like Charlie Day as Luigi. I thought Chris Pratt actually did more with his voice than Charlie Day did. I think Charlie Day just sounded like Charlie Day as Luigi, but I think they had really good chemistry together as brothers. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy, to me, was a disappointment as well. 
I didn't feel like they really used her talent in the movie. They just they just gave Peach the voice, and she gave what she gave. The standouts are obviously Jack Black as Bowser. I thought he did a absolutely terrific job in this movie from beginning to end. And then Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. I think he found his animated character. I think it, I think it fits really well for him. When his laugh comes out of that ape, it makes sense. It, it just it just worked. And I thought the world building in this movie was very well done. They you know if you're a Nintendo fan, they were in the Punch Out Cafe. You know all that kind of stuff. I thought was really really good. It's the stupidest end credit scene any any movie ever made. I get why, but it's a stupid end credit scene. Did you not know there was an end credit scene in Super Mario Brothers? I don't know. Uh, this is a spoiler review, so you can talk spoilers. Not that there really oh, is need uh, to talk here. So, like, what's the end credit? Yoshi's scene? egg. No, Yoshi. I, I can't. I can't say that I saw that. So at the end of the movie, after the credits roll, you go back into where, where, where all the uh, pipes are. And you um and you go back to where the uh, the opening was for them to go to the Mushroom Kingdom, and there's this little green egg there, and it hatches, and all you hear is Yoshi, and that's the end credit scene. And I'm like, well, no duh, Yoshi's gonna be in the next one. Not a shocker. We saw we saw a bunch of Yoshi's when they were traveling. Um, and obviously we can't talk about something without talking about peaches. It's actually hysterical. It's hysterical. It's funny. It's but it also just shows how much of a very, very toxicated relationship the two of them have. But I think, again, Jack Black, they let Jack Black use his voice. And I did not realize how well Jack Black could sing until this movie. Because, good God, the vocals on that man are fucking... Really? I, I've, only hear, I've only heard him through School of Rock, not Tenacious D. So I've never heard him go that hard before. So when he goes okay. that hard, it's, uh, it's awesome. I thought visually, I don't know if it goes that hard, but it does. Um, visually, I think this movie is fantastic. Whether you like the movie or not, you cannot take away from the credit where it's due. It is it is a visually stunning film? I think they got that. I wish there wasn't a lot of songs that there are, that that there are in this movie. I wish that we just stuck with their score, which I thought was fantastic. And Chris Pratt, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, twice. Interesting choice, buddy. Interesting choice. Um, but overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great kids movie. That's why it's still number two at the box office, even though it's on digital now. People are still going out to the theaters to see it. It's a great family film. It's a multi-generational film. Three generations have played and or watched Mario. And that's why this movie clicked so well. And I am very excited to see what they do with a sequel. Um, and I hope for future spinoffs. I want Donkey Kong, obviously. And now they're talking about Zelda. You know, we're finally getting in that space. So overall... I give it a I give it a four out of five. Very much enjoyed it. Jacob, you hate this movie. Why? Wrong. When am I wrong? Um no. But strong. Oh, where where to begin? Where to begin? Where to begin? There wasn't I don't you know. Okay. I'll be calm. Visually, it's pretty to look at. Um, it's basically like a screensaver uh, for an hour and a half, you know, just moving. Nothing happening. Half, though. Hey, it's got the hour and a half right uh, Yeah, no, I've never felt sat through an hour and a half movie and felt like it took nine. And this is one of those movies where, now, to be fair, there's some circumstances. Of course, there are circumstances. I was extremely tired that day. That That Sunday, I was only awake for four hours. An hour and a half of that was seeing this in 3D. 
So, I mean, I bet that woke you up. I said, no, no, it just made me want to go back to sleep even more. It was boring. It was a snoof fest. It was, it was stupid. It was one of the worst movies I've seen this year. Definitely in the top 10 worst movies I've seen this year. I can completely understand where the credits are coming from. Honestly, I think the credits were kind of kind. It should have like a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, not a 59. What the fuck is that? That's too high. Sorry, it's true. Visually, it's stunning. Okay, it's pretty. Like I said, screensaver the movie. Nothing, nothing against it. Just it's there. The acting was a choice. I love it. Well, no, I take that back. I didn't mind Jack Black as Bouncer. Didn't love him, but didn't mind him. I liked Donkey Kong, but he wasn't really in the movie. So, like, he was good for the little bits of pieces that made me happy. Um, did not like Chris Pratt in the role. I also wasn't a fan of Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. Wasn't a fan of her before the movie came out. The movie didn't help in any case. I didn't mind Charlie Day, but I can understand where Zachary's coming from when talking about like his his reasoning why. I, I agree with that. Nothing you know new there. Um, I thought the opening, even though it makes sense logically, was super weird, like super duper weird for me, because like it just didn't really work at all in any way, shape, or form. Um, then I also I don't I've never played a Super Mario Brother game. I've had no intention. I will never play a Super Mario Brothers. It's just not my not my type of video game. So like it's not the Mario problem. Kart. Huh? Mario Kart. Yeah, oh, and sorry. see the Mario Kart sequence. Okay, I don't really like Mario awesome. Kart. I'm sorry. I hate to be that person. It's not my favorite racing game. It's actually in the bottom half of my favorite racing games that I played is Mario Kart. Yeah, sorry, Super Mario Brothers. Tell that the come. GQ's top one hundred. Yeah, good for them. Um, and I thought the Mario Kart stuff was it was too fast. I mean, I couldn't even enjoy it. It was over before it, was, it, it wasn't too furious enough for you? No, it was not too furious enough for me, no. Now, do you know what the difference there is? Is that movie was wild. It was wild in a good way. This movie was boring, wishing it was wild. Also, I know it's a kid's movie. Obviously, it sold very well because kids don't need a plot. Kids don't need character development. Kids don't need a story. And that's good. Good for kids. Um but I'm not a child, okay? And I understand I saw a but children's not movie. But movie has to be made for you. No, I know. I didn't say that. You're asking me why I didn't like it. Stop getting defensive, Zachary. And you asked me. I'm just answering. There's nothing to this movie that has substance. No, I agree. <laughs> it's trash. No, it's not. Oh, and, and don't even get me fucking started on Peaches. Oh. <gasps> Now, have you heard Jack Black's new song, Video Games? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's probably better. I it really it. is. You see Jack Black as Kratos from God of War, from Red Dead Redemption 2, as, as Link, and Mega but, Man. It's hilarious. So like, now, okay, outside of the fact that I thought this movie was absolute trash, I kind of went thinking I wasn't going to like it. Not, I was going in optimistic, obviously. I was curious. Zachary Cobb walked out, said it was phenomenal. You know, the reviews outside of, like, critics and stuff were really, really good. And ultimately, even if I didn't like it, if my little sister liked it, that's all that matters. And River absolutely loved it, and that's all that really matters, you know? I, I took – that's the reason why I went to go see it. I used her as an excuse. I was also told to go see it in 3D because 3D was supposed to enhance everything. And um, I'm sorry. I just don't think there's enough time between me and Avatar 2 and 3D. And um, no <laughs> – River really liked it. She didn't see Avatar 2, though, in, th in theaters in 3D. You just can't 
there's nothing you can't beat that and it's oh. just very evident later on in life as well you just can't beat it yet and that's fine you just can't beat avatar in 3d like nothing else really compares to avatar in 3d one or two yeah i had to agree and it, it does it does suck because the whole time i was thinking damn i wish i had tucker to better 3d movie and then i thought to myself actually this is not a bad 3d movie i'm just thinking of avatar right now and it's just a better 3d movie it's a better movie overall, but it's a better 3D movie in general. Um, it's fine. To each their own. Overall, no, I love end, I know, I know. We both really did. Um, to, to end this review, because I tore a new one, and it was made for the fans. And trust me, trust me, my possible favorite movie, uh, second favorite movie of the year, I think it's going to take a lot to beat Scream 6, but my possible second favorite movie of the year, which we'll talk about next month, is is one could say very similar to this. <laughs> and what, one could with say no plot, bunch of fan service, and it's just getting from one place. Oh no, to it another. has a, no, it has too much of a plot, not enough fan service, but also getting horrible review. Yeah, but that's okay. Are we talking about, are we, are we talking about Indiana Jones or Fast X here? <laughs> that's a good point. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know oh. that, that that came out really really mean, but it's just the facts. <laughs> that, well, we haven't seen any Indiana Jones. I've That's seen Fast X, true. so let's hold off Dial of Destiny until we see Dial of Destiny. Either way, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna rate it very solidly. A one. A one. <laughs> just not for me. Not my cup of tea. River That's says, "Let's watch Super Mario Brothers." Tate, I tell her, "You can watch it on your own." And That's you can never watch it on your own because there's nothing inappropriate in the movie. <laughs> There is not. See, that's the problem. There wasn't even any, anything in there for me to enjoy. And, like, every action sequence in the movie was under a minute long, it seemed like. And so, like, I couldn't even enjoy those because by the time I blinked, it was over. It was Which, because, like, I was really impressed with the Princess Peach going through the whole obstacle course thing. So like, cool. directingly, directing-wise and everything, it was so really well done. And I was like, oh, is this how the movie's going to be? And then I watched the movie, and I was like, oh, that's not how the movie's going to be. What a disappointment. I thought, I, th I thought DK versus Mario was a good scene. I thought that uh, fight was pretty good. It was mid. It was mid. And then, like I said, I was really looking forward to the, you know, the racing stuff, and I just felt like it just, it didn't work. Well, it wasn't a race, technically. It was more yeah, of see, a it chase just, around it, it was more like, haha, did you see what we did there? Isn't it fun? Okay, let's move on. Honestly, that's how that's that's this movie. Haha, did you see what I did there? <laughs> the movie's done. But if I do have to, to any say Star Wars fan, that's how they feel about Star Wars right now. Ha, huh, did you see that? We move on. That's honest. Is it a lie? No, it's not. <laughs> so essentially, I would definitely watch more. I'd watch a sequel. You can only go up from here, so I definitely would be there. Um, and then also Nintendo as a brand has so many other good things. Like I definitely would watch a Donkey Kong movie. I definitely watch a Zelda movie. Like it, there's just so many like layers to Nintendo's games that I just don't think Super Mario Brothers is for me. But I'm definitely not saying I'm never going to go see anything in this franchise. So for me, when we move past Mario now, now that it's happened and and it was successful, what do I want to see next? I want to see Mario too. I want to see the new Donkey Kong next. Like don't. If you're going to do it, commit to it, because you already established Kong and the Kongs. Go there next. I am nervous about Zelda. I am super nervous about Zelda. And my only reason why is because of Link. That's why I'm nervous about Zelda. I have a few thoughts, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see what they decide to do with it. I think if they would do 
a mixture because I think Zelda as like a live action television show or movie would be so good. But see, I don't think I, every like I, I, I would anime. No, see, no, because you have to. I'm trying to think commercial here. Anime is getting there. Don't get me wrong; it's doing really well, but it's not doing Super Mario Brothers well. But then again, no. Zelda is its own brand, and um, um, maybe it could. It it did 10 million copies in three days, so I mean, it's it it, it could it, it technically could. Okay, off of this, mm-hmm. um, we should probably do a longer story next, just you know, to break it up a little bit. Which just which just do it. Which just do it. Which just which just. Okay. I want to let everybody know. That yes, there you're gonna see a constant scroll because there is a constant list of movies that we're gonna be talking about. We're just gonna go from the top and work our way down, and we're just gonna. If there's anything the way it works, anything we really want to talk about, we'll talk about longer. Anything we just have a few thoughts on, we'll just briefly talk about it because I think each of these movies is gonna interestingly perform at the box office, and I'd like to know Zachary's opinion on the trailers to see if how well he thinks they're gonna do at the box office. But also how he feels about the movie based on this, you know, three minute thing that they showcase. Mm-hmm. Have you realized movies been going that way a lot right recently with like two to three minute long trailers? I yeah. don't like this. I don't like this at all. Um, my thought was, why the fuck did Fast actually release a four minute trailer right before the, the week it came out? Right before the week it came out. It makes no sense. It makes sense. Are all the featurettes? I also don't like releasing featurettes before the movie's out either. I think mm-hmm. featurettes should only come out after the movie's out. Because featurettes have a more chance of spoiling something without but without realizing instance, what you do. The entire fight sequence that I was looking forward to in Fast X is oh, yeah, on the internet because yeah. they've broken up into so many different like little you things that you it's can watch the entire know, fight from beginning to end. You can watch the entire fight not without knowing exactly where everything What's is going on. Context, but still, but you can it's see all what there. Happens. Yeah, and I don't like it at all. I don't like it because like it takes out some of the surprise, some of the mm-hmm. oomph. So I'm always, I normally like, I'll watch the teaser trailer if I didn't I'll watch really the like teaser the teaser and main. trailer. After that, I don't. And then I'll watch the main. I never watch the finals. Never, even for things I look forward to, I'm just like, I'm gonna go see it. No reason to watch yeah. the final trailer. So, all right, starting with Secret Invasion, starting with Disney Plus. This comes out next month. I'm very excited for it. It comes out the same weekend as um, I'm gonna be, well, uh, the Dead, I would have Dead, and the Flash. I'm gonna be eating real well that weekend. So, looking forward. Zachary, I think we all know kind of where I stand on Secret Invasion. Where are you standing on Secret Invasion after this the trailer, trailer? The trailer didn't push anything for me. Okay. Um, I think the concept and idea of this show is great. However, it, it it Secret Invasion is a very important storyline in the comics. Like it changes a lot of things moving forward in the MCU within Marvel. And from what I've heard from people is that this is this does like Winter Soldier level things involving the government within the MCU. If it does that, cool. I have a little bit less faith in Disney Plus shows right now after the events of Mandalorian. I am nervous about Secret Invasion. Marvel again threw me off with the little Loki Echo thing. That really makes me nervous. We'll talk about that it's, next month as well. We'll talk about it next month. But the dip in quality has really shown. And I'm nervous about it. Because 
Marvel's burned me numerous times when it comes to these shows. Some of them are really, really good, and some of them just aren't worth it. Secret Invasion needs to show me why it's worth it, why, need, why, why it gives me, and they better be at least an hour. I'm not sitting through no 30 minute I've, episode. I have heard that there are six long, hour long episodes. I now that includes so. credits and stuff, and so yes. I'm expecting it to be like around 50 or so minutes. But, but still, still, that's 50 minutes of content compared to yeah. the 30 to 35 minutes of content per episode I got with Mando. Yeah, Mando so, was really weird. How do you have an hour long episode and jump down to the 27 minute long? It, it makes was no fucking sense. I felt the oh. same way. I'm watching, uh, this is a weird tangent, but that's how we do it here. I'm watching Citadel right now. Um, it has like two episodes left, and they're the same way. The first like two episodes are like 50 minutes long, and every episode past that point is like 39. And like if you watch the TV show, you can totally tell that one, this should probably have been a movie and mm-hmm. been done with, but also like there's more story here. It's way mm-hmm. too like cookie cutter. That like, why are you not putting more time in like using? I don't care if it doesn't have action sequence after action sequence. It There's character development here in things that is missing. Yes. And you could pad the runtime with to make it better. You're speaking my language when it comes to Mando this past year. They, 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 Disney Plus is not giving their shows enough time to do anything. And certain, when, when they started off with WandaVision, they had a plan. They had, a, they had an understanding, and that's why WandaVision was so good. Frankly, that's why it was Marvel was so good. But the and ones like, in between, though, they, they stretch them out way too longer than they need to be, or they I, give them enough time to breathe. I also feel like Marvel is great when you have an idea of where Marvel is going. Going. Like, I have an idea of where Secret Invasion could lead, where yes. this could, where this fits. Also, it's characters that we already know, which also makes it much more easier for me to easier enjoy. Easier to watch. I think ultimately I'm going to enjoy it better now because it's Samuel Jackson and people that I really like and that I'm really interested in seeing where the story is going for them. But I also feel as if that there is more here in things. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like I'm not saying I didn't like the show or didn't, you know, whatever. Whereas like Moon Knight feels nothing like a Marvel TV show. You have a superhero in it. But it feels yes. very different from everything else. Not saying that was a bad thing or a good thing. However, it feels you feel out of place. But because we don't have that side of the MCU developed yet, it feels weird. Whereas, like, interestingly enough, I definitely agree the same thing with Werewolf by Night. Yeah. But for some reason, that clicked better than, let's say, like Moon Knight did and things are yeah. those lines. I, th- I but think then again, least... you have things like She Hulk. Where She-Hulk is super rooted in the MCU, talking about major things that are going on, Easter eggs every episode, you know, characters that we've been wanting to come back finally come back. Wall breaking, storylines that are going, you know, that are I'm curious to see where they're going, and yet it still does not click. That's no. mostly due to hate online, but you know, there's other reasons why as well. Or Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp: Quantumania. Mania, definitely not the best movie ever made, but definitely moves the MCU in a way forward. That we kind of have like, you know, something interesting here. My so it's biggest, interesting. My biggest issue with Marvel at the moment is what you said: lack of focus. From fate, from from when Phase Four started to where we are now, it has been a lack of focus. And I feel like them saying the words "multiverse saga" is their excuse of saying, "Well, it's a multiverse; it's all in different areas, therefore it doesn't allow it to connect." That is a bullshit excuse. 
of putting out bad content simply because it's not in the universe. Therefore, the quality can dip. It or happens. like how I'm never going to forgive Doctor Strange 2 and neither is neither is Liz Wilson. So thank God she called it out too. Where yeah. she's, you know, she made a good point. But also, I'm going to talk. Let's, we'll come back to trailer breakdowns. We're going to go on a little tangent here for a second. Because I think this is important. I think this is a clear yes. line of how Marvel is being done right now. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange 2 was being filmed right after she got done doing WandaVision. Um, they were pretty far into WandaVision already, but she had talked about how she had its why, like, they were shot really quickly back and forth. Which makes sense. That means Michael Landon, who wrote the, who wrote the script for Doctor Strange 2, probably didn't get to see WandaVision. But you're not sharing notes. You're not sharing no. scripts. You're not... You're not in the same rooms. You're not asking the right questions. And you have an actress who's playing the same character, who's playing the same story, who comes to you and is like, I already did this. I understand you didn't read it, but you have nothing else for me to do. Like, I I did this already. I went down this entire pathway, entire journey already. Like, I did this. And they're like, I'm sorry, you just got to do it again. But you got to do it differently. Like, I understand you're trying to, like, handle a Disney Plus show and and this or this maybe you shouldn't film them back to back maybe you you know i want i do agree we want it to feel like an episodic thing where you watch one and it leads into the other but if this is how disney plus shows are going to be maybe they should be one-off stories like werewolf the night was great because it was a one-off story you know it didn't it didn't overstay its welcome it was there for its purpose that it gave and then it moved on we didn't have to wait six episodes to get to that climax. There would have been nonsense and boring in the middle. Or even like if even if we have six episodes, like, you know, I don't know. Or for instance, Miss Marvel came out, was filmed long enough ago that her direct storyline and things are have direct consequences in the Marvel. Yes. Which we'll talk about in the trailer. That it makes sense. They there seems to be a flow there. And so I feel I feel well, like then, the same thing with Secret Invasion, where I feel like there is there's a possibility this one could be on the upper side because there's yeah. been enough time that I feel like there could actually be some growth here. The uh, other reason I'm nervous about Secret Invasion is that it's tying very much into Captain Marvel. That is clearly where where where, where this story is leading from is Captain Marvel and uh, Far From Home and WandaVision. Those three projects are what correlate in Secret Invasion. We are about what three years out of when those when those projects came out roughly two years do you, do you two and a half years do you think besides hardcore marvel fans regular disney plus subscribers are going to be invested in the show where they have no context of why the scrolls are there do you think they'll be able to explain the scrolls without having the need watching yeah marvel, marvel yeah marvel? i feel like it should be fine i feel like it i feel like it should be fine i'm not super i'm not super worried about it um for instance my biggest thing i can take from this is look at, I mean, it came out the same year, so it's a little different in context, but still under the same line. Yelena Belova and Hawkeye had the same exact reaction she had in Black Widow. And, mm-hmm. you know, they did come out like five or six months apart, but you still get my point here. Yeah. Not a lot of people saw Black Widow in theaters. A lot more people saw it on Disney+. Plus, But I have a feeling not a lot of people watched it like a billion times like I did, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Except you're diehard, do you know what I mean? And... So, like, her coming back as a random cameo to close off that storyline in things, yeah, that's a way that they should be doing it. Mm-hmm. It's a through line. Hawkeye itself introduced a brand new character greatly. Kate mm-hmm. Bishop, it's phenomenal. 
But also, yes. we finished out Jeremy Renner's story. If he wants to be done, he can be done. We did the whole entire completion. His family, his relation with Nat, and then you have Yelena who came in to help even, like, plus that one Further. more and tie in Black Widow, which tied in to Captain Marvel. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. All right, and Civil War. And so, like, I just think that's the way it, you know, it plus everything in that, like, little spear. Um, yeah. So... Secret Invasion does make me a little nervous. I do agree. I'm more nervous based on is it going to be more political thriller or is it going to actually have the action to keep people involved for the political thrillerness? Thriller part of it. The reason why Winter Soldier worked so well is because Winter Soldier was a great spy thriller, but it had great action to go action along with, with the it. spy thriller. So I think it needs to do both. Well, then our, com- our the conversation would continue on with Guardians. Like you and I both loved Guardians very, very much. A lot of people did. It is nowhere near connected to anything going on right now in the MCU. No. And yet no one's complaining about this one because the movie was good. When the quality is set, then people will forgive that's not part of the it's not it's not going within the timeline at the moment. It stood on its own. Yes. And I cannot say the same about some of the other Marvel projects that are currently or that have come out here in the past two years. I cannot say no. they have stood on their own. All right, moving on. We'll come back to Marvel. Um, Good conversation. Moving on, just from Secret Invasion to the Marvels. I know it's not directly in order, but just to cover both, um, because we, you know, briefly mentioned it. This looked awesome. I'm pretty, and I think I think it looked okay at home, but I've seen it like four times now in theaters, and every single time it looks better and better in theaters, and so I'm really looking forward to this. I'm I so know, excited for the, the, the dynamic between the three the three main leads. I think it's going to be great between the three of them. And I do know that they're going through heavy reshoots right now as well, which does make me a little nervous because we're so close to that release date and things. Um, Are we? It comes out in November now. Yeah, but with how VFX work is done nowadays and stuff, it makes me anxious because I want the quality to be good on every level. I don't want it to be like, the story is amazing, oh, but the BFX look really wonky because they didn't have enough time to finish it type of thing. So, like, it does make me nervous in that regard. Um, But I have heard that the story goes more zany, like, on the lines of, like, Quantumania, and they're going to try to make it mix more, like, Guardians, which is why they're coming back for reshoots, because um, they're trying to make it not have another Ant-Man in the lost Quantumania. Because, like, Captain Marvel already has enough problems on his hands, so yeah. let's try to put as many good things behind it as possible. I agree. Uh, but again, I think the trailer looks fantastic. Amon Vellani, once again, superstar. It's super, super, superstar. She's going to be great. Uh, I think Monica looks great. And I, I, I like Carol in the trailer, too. And that final fight shot with them using their powers to transfer around each other, I thought was really cool. So... I just wasn't really blown away with the directing, which was really sad because I think Nina DaCosta does so well with the Candyman. That's the reason why you hired her. And I don't really I don't really see that here. And so I'm hoping again, that it's just the trailer the way it's cut yeah. and not the actual movie. And that the movie will blow me away with the directing. Because I'd really hate for Marvel or Disney to snuff that because you I hired agree. her for a reason. All right, moving on. Blue Beetle. I don't really have many thoughts on this. I was just curious... To see what your thoughts were. This looks like an HBO Max movie. This looks like an HBO Max movie. This clearly was made for HBO Max. And don't get me wrong, I'm very happy to see that they were that that that, that they have more faith in this film. 
than the original people who are running Roman Brothers did. However, if you're going to put it on the big screen, make it look like it's supposed to be on the big screen. Don't just slap it into the ears and say, there you go. Update it. Fix it. Momentumize it. Make it excited. So I think, I think, um, I do not know his name. The guy who's playing Jaime. He's from uh, Cobra Kai. I do not know his name. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's going to be a very, very, very good lead. And he's got a good surrounding people around him, but it doesn't look like I need to go pay 13 bucks to go see this in the theater. That's my biggest issue with it right now. I wish it looked a little bit better. I think the suit looks great, but again, it looks streaming quality good, not theater quality good. Yeah, I think that is. I think that's a good way to describe it. Um, and it makes me kind of sad because, like, another one that was that came out in April. I've not seen it. We both haven't seen it yet. Is Evil Dead Rises, and that one like was an HBO Max made movie. But it looked like a theater level quality movie, which is why I got put it in theaters. I mean, it did so well. It made a hundred like twenty million dollars worldwide on like a two point three million. What? I I I have seen. But when did you watch Evil Dead Rises? I uh, I watched it as a condensed down version as a reaction from somebody on YouTube. No, no, it doesn't work. It does not count. Um, it was good for what I saw of it. Either way, so. <laughs> With yeah, you know, with that being said, Blue Beetle doesn't look original enough. No. And doesn't have enough cool things in it to warrant. This reminds me of like how I feel like Bumblebee. I know you love it. Don't come at me. No, I. Bumblebee I, I also felt like a streaming movie. I agree. It and does. it was a good streaming movie, but it definitely didn't warrant the price tag of going to go see it in theaters. Rise of the Beast, on the so. other hand, feels like that theater quality film you're supposed to get from Transformers. Bumblebee is definitely where Bumblebee is definitely where you're like starting at it, and Transformers Rise of the Beast is like, now we're gonna show you what we can really do with this new era. And I'm like, fuck yeah you can. Oh it looks it so me. good. It, <gasps> you think it Transformers does. looks good? Zachary, let's not be shocked here, okay? I I like the two bad ones. I know you do, but it's nice to see like a good one. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know. I I don't. I'm very curious to see the reception. Speaking of Transformers: Rise of the Beast, the trailer came out. We're going to talk about that one next. We'll just move on along. Um, both these movies, ironically, Blue Beetle and Transformers: Rise of the Beast, I have a feeling could do really bad at the box office. I, and they're projecting they're projecting around 60 to 70 million opening weekend for transformers but i get it though june's a busy month there's nothing really they can do about it unfortunately and so like but i thought the trailer looked really good and it looks so good in theaters it i'm does. nervous that people are gonna just scream that it's too much cgi on camera too much vfx work and stuff but, here, but, here, but here's where i think that won't happen you want to know why and people if you get mad at me because I'm saying this, I say this every time, I don't care. Michael Bay is not behind the fucking camera. When you give somebody the camera on these movies and they're actually able to film the action correctly, Bumblebee, you could follow what the robots were doing. In this trailer alone, you can follow. Primal swings down, rips a Scorponaut, follows down again. You see Rhinox and an RC riding on top. Her do the jump, and it's still all in frame. That's how you direct an action sequence. Yeah. It looks agree. so good. It looks so, so good. I think the Terracons are going to be fantastic villains. I think the Maximals look absolutely fucking great. They all four look good. And I like the human characters. I think they they fit. And I love Pete Davidson as Mirage. 
he's the right amount of whack, but I appreciate it. Like, it works. And he's totally the new face of this franchise, by the way. They're, they're, that's what they're making him out to be. He's the new he's the new Bumblebee. And you know what? I get it. I get it, because Bumblebee's going to die in this movie, and that's why we have to get over it and move on. Give us a new one. <laughs> yeah, no, I have to agree. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I hope that, one, the trailers are not making it out to be better than it is. And I hope that it can stand on its own without being criticized for being a Transformers movie. Transformers movie. Because I think we're seeing that a lot. I think a lot of critics are going into these franchise-based films and just being like, okay, well, this is just another one of those movies. And yeah. reviewing it poorly because of that. Um, and so, yeah. I think Bumblebee set Transformers in a good direction. I really do. And I think Bumblebee will continue to be that trajectory that they need to follow. And so if that can follow that trajectory, even if the movie gets like an 80% of Rotten Tomatoes, that's still a win. That's yeah. still a win. As long it's as it is a... as long, It doesn't have to be a certified tomato. Just as long no. as it's a tomato. That would be two tomatoes back-to-back. They never had that before. That'd be a huge, <laughs> huge get. It's the truth. There are three films in Transformers lore that have, have fresh scores. The 1986 movie, Bumblebee, and Transformers 07. That's it. None of the other ones are fresh. You know, which is kind of funny, because I think Transformers movie, I only think of the good parts of the movies. I never think of the bad parts. And I thought, and I think to myself, oh my gosh, that's in like 10 minutes of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Like, in my head, I was like, oh, but the third one was really good. And I'm just thinking, no, Jacob, that's like 20 minutes of the movie you're thinking of right now. The rest of it, not good. Oh, Chicago, fantastic and dark of the moon, but that's that, That's it. You can't just judge the whole movie on the bad Chicago. The, fallen, the forest battle, great forest battle. Optimus Prime kicks a lot of ass, but then the rest of the movie happens. You go, oh, that's racist. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, Spider-Man across the... There's nothing redeemable about that movie. Here's Wars 5, nothing redeemable about that movie. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It showed too much. I don't agree. I showed too much. I don't agree. That shot with, with, with Miguel holding um, Miles on that train and him saying, nah, man, I gotta do my thing my own way. I think that's the end of the movie. It's gonna end I, on cliffhanger, so... It is gonna end on... Oh, I agree, but I think they... So many fucking cliffhangers, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's so another thing I wanna talk I, I wanna talk about with you sometime is like how do we feel about movies going into this whole part one, part two nonsense? I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. Here's the thing. After seeing it, you know, I was a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. We'll talk about when when we talk about Fast Act the next time around. That's the first real one that I've experienced where it ends on like a real cliffhanger and things. Infinity War? No, no, I'm talking about nowadays. Infinity War does oh. not count. Okay. If they were invented it, it does not count. <laughs> Breaking Dawn and invented it. Breaking Dawn did not invent it. We're not talking Definitely. about movies where they're like, oh, we're gonna break up the second the last book to make more money. We're talking about like organically. Okay. okay. You couldn't do Infinity War Endgame in one movie. It's not <laughs> possible. That'd be a great time at the theater. <laughs> Either way. It's called Avengers nonsense. <laughs> truly. If I ran across Cybers, um I thought the trailer looked pretty good mm-hmm. i'm already impressed i'm already gonna go see the movie yeah. i'm nervous about the runtime i'm excited I, about it but i'm nervous about it 
um, just because the animation. I'm curious to see if the animation can be tiring after too long. I think the benefit they have in that regard is that they're doing multiple styles of animation and not just the one like they were doing in Into the Spider-Verse. So it, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely change itself up as the movie goes on. So we're not just looking at the same thing for two hours. Uh, also, they released the trailer posters. Or the posters. Gorgeous. And the Spider-Cat oh, uh, so definitely fucking intriguing me. So yeah, no, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> if you weren't there before, Spider-Cat. Spider-Cat. <laughs> I'm nervous to see how it's going to do. I think there's a possibility it could do really well, but I think there's also a possibility it could not. My prediction for June, the highest opener of June is going to be The Flash. The second highest opener will be Indy. The third, Spider-Man. The fourth, Elemental. And I hate saying this, but it might be, I think it's the case. And the lowest grossing movie of the month will be Transformers. That's what I think. That, that's the order I think it's going to go in. I think Spider-Man has the potential because it's got in the Spider-Verse behind it. Indy has nostalgia behind it. The Flash, again, has nostalgia behind it. Elemental is a Pixar movie. And Transformers has too much baggage behind it. I'm not sure. We'll talk about it. So the next one to talk about is Barbie. It was a great so trailer. Good. It's it was so a great good. trailer. It's so good. Do I think it's going to do well? No. No. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to do well at all. Well, I love it. It's going to be fun, though? Yes. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited for Barbie. I think it looks great. What, what, why are we seeing Oppenheimer first? Yes. I'm seeing both back to back. That's going to be such a weird day. <laughs> I agree. I have to say, the Oppenheimer trailer is not that interesting to me anymore. So, I, I honestly, I'm more looking forward to Barbie than Oppenheimer. But I also just think back to Tenet. For Christopher yeah. Nolan, and only like 20 minutes, ironically, of that movie is like really good. Everything else is just fine. That's that 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 that's being generous. Well, no, when you see the difference here is that you saw it at home. When I saw it in theaters, is a very different experience. They need to do better audio. I hope the audio is better. I hope people aren't. <laughs> it better be. There's gonna be a lot of explosions in Oppenheimer. I want to I want to come out of that theater with my rump and my drum and my ears drumming. I just want people to I hear what they're saying. Saying, I think we're past the time in our lives where they're talking too low and everything else is too loud. I think mm-hmm. we are to a point in movies, in TV shows, of where everything should just be a nice even, a nice good old ball of evenness. I agree. Um, but Barbie looks great. Indiana Jones Five. Speaking of Indiana Jones Five, its Trailer's official fantastic. trailer came out. I was intrigued. I genuinely think it looks really good. The parade scene really, looks so good. It looks so good. It just also Harrison Ford's 80. Like I just want to I just want to see it. Just to you see know? it. Also it's not like he did when he did fall in the, the Star Wars one. Force Awakens called Force Awakens, thank you. Um and he was like kind of phoning in the entire time. This one, he actually looks like he cares and he wants to be there and he wants to like truly like Man, be on people set. fight you on that. People think Harrison gave a shit about Force Awakens. Everybody loves it. Nate, you can ask any Star Wars fan; they will tell you they enjoyed Harrison Ford's performance in that movie. I didn't say I didn't enjoy it. I'm just saying this one looks more in the lines of like how he looked when I watched Call of the Wild. The force works. Oh, you're cold. Like. 
It looks more in the lines that he's taking it more seriously, like the Call of the Wild, like he did with that, than he did with... Because Indy's his franchise. It's yeah, not, it's his Star baby. Wars, Star Wars is a group effort. This is him. And for me, all that matters is that he gets his proper swan song. If this is his final, if this is his final time. As long as the movie makes me satisfied with his ending, then the movie can just be okay. I'll be happy with him because I want Harrison to be happy with this franchise and leave it where it is and be done. That's where I want Indy to be. So I'm happy. I agree. I'm happy. And James Mangold has not left me wrong before. That's very true. I didn't love 4B Ferrari, but. Overall, I normally the do enjoy. Of the directing in that movie is still very good. Yeah, the racing Not... sequences in that film are perfection. So the next one would be uh, the Flash. I have not said this the entire time. I didn't say it during Transformers. This trailer made me cry. Did you cry? This this got me. This got me. This got me. I, I don't know if it's because of a mix of the fact that. Wednesday is the finale of The Flash, and it's just, it feels like everything's coming full circle now with this character, and listen, I we've been talking about this at nauseum for months. I am putting that aside now till the movie comes out in June. Whether I like them or not, I cannot, I cannot say this not true. They look fantastic in this movie. His Barry, once again, much like in Zack Snyder's Justice League, is good. He gives a shit about the character, and it shows in this trailer, and it shows in Zack Snyder's Justice League. He likes this character. And the emotional part of this movie instantly got me. I've seen Nora die numerous times. But just seeing that perfect rendition of a little bear, of a little Ezra, they got a great kid to play young Ezra. Him running out that door, it just got me. The story is really good. I think Sasha looks great as Supergirl. Keaton looks fantastic as Batman. Looks fantastic. And Ben gets his swan song, and I'm happy. I'm very excited for this movie. I really, really am. It's really interesting. I thought the trailer was was good. Um, I would still say my favorite one is the TV spot they released for the Super Bowl. Yeah. But this one was this one was better than a Super Bowl like full length trailer that they released. So I definitely liked it better here. You have parachutes attached to your back. Where's yours? Smiles. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Michael Keaton. I mean I like Michael Keaton. He's a fine actor. But I'm not a big fan of his Batman. I've never been a big fan of his Batman or his Bruce Wayne. Not my favorite one out of the franchise. I know some people it's their like all time. It's, it's just not my personal one. Um I personally prefer Ben Affleck's, like, Bruce Wayne to his Batman. But I have a feeling I know some other stuff that's going to happen in here that I feel like it'll be fine. I'll be satisfied as it is. Ezra Miller's a, a very good actor. I, I could have told you that they were a very good actor a while ago. I mean, I'm not shocked by the realization here. Amy Muschietti is a phenomenal director. I could have told you that. I'm not shocked by the realization here. It's just... I feel I like, and I have to mention it just because I, it's important for my experience with the movie. There's so many other things going on. You talk about, I'll come back, I'll finish my thought. Talk about how you feel about Disney Wish. Just give me a second. Okay.
Uh, Disney's Wish, I think, looks fantastic. I think it looks very, very, very good. Um, I am very interested in how this animation style is moving forward because we've now had we've had Puss in Boots, we had Spider-Man, and now Disney is following suit with this animation style. And of the three of them, Sony is still king. DreamWorks is the close second, obviously, because I think Puss in Boots is a fantastic animated film. Wish comes in third, just from the trailer. I think it looks aesthetically pleasing. Ariana Boyce's voice is incredible. But I have, I have grown not to trust the first teaser for any Disney animated film ever because they, A, don't give a lot away. And it's not really telling you what the story is. It's kind of just setting your tone and palette for what the film's going to be. Coco, for me, is the clear example of this scenario. The teaser for Coco, I thought was stupid. I thought it was boring. I didn't think it looked that great. And then the main trailer came out. I was like, okay, this is what this is about. Now I'm more interested. But I think Disney's wish is biggest upheaval is Strange World. The last Disney animated movie we got with with Disney was Strange World, and that did not do very well. So they have that behind them. You know, same thing with Elemental as well. Like, Elemental has all the Pixar backlash moving behind it. So it has lots of upkeep. And so Disney's animation studios have a lot to do this year just to prove that they can still do what they do best. We just got to wait and see what they do. What do you think of it? So I I disagree um, a little bit. I think, obviously, I think our voice is voice, you know, sounds amazing. I mean, I, but then again, once again, same thing I was saying Flash. I'm not shocked by this. I don't need to be impressed by that. I need to be impressed by everything else. Because I already know that. If I didn't know that, then yes, I'd be impressed. But I'm familiar with with her as like a you know person and stuff. I mean, I've seen enough things with her singing in it. Mm-hmm. It's not a big shocker for me. I actually think the animation here, in my opinion, looks quite poor. Um, I agree. I I don't really think it looks good. I'm hoping it's just not finished. It doesn't count until November. It has a long time to go. It kind of reminds me of how they did the Disney's Ascendants spinoff movie of um the wedding and how the animation was there with the wedding it very much felt more like that which was on disney channel and it was not great and um i feel like that's more of like the quality i got which seems a really big understatement i really enjoyed i know some people don't like the 3d animation quality that like tangled and frozen and stuff has but i really enjoyed that animation quality quite a bit I think Frozen 2 did such leaps and bounds. And I think that's part of the reason why Frozen 2 did so well was its animation because it was just so... Like, every time I watch it, I find something else to realize that the animators decided to throw in. And I'm not yeah. saying they can't do that here because they did it with Puss in Boots and they did it with Spider-Verse and things out of those lines. It's possible. I'm not yes. saying that. I'm just saying the trailer didn't give me that vibe. Mm-hmm. And so, I think out of all the trailers that came out them, you know, in April, I think Disney's Wish was my least favorite and the least one that impressed me. I can't wait for the soundtrack. Oh yeah, I think the soundtrack's gonna be gonna be great. I'm also excited, you know, to meet a new princess. I'm excited to you know go down this journey and things. I'll see it no matter what. It doesn't really matter. But it's definitely not the one I'm most anticipating. It's very far down my list of anticipation this year. Marley. There you go. So, all right, that's trailer breakdowns. 
we had like 12 to go through, which is why it's such a long section. Very sorry, but what can I have for you? The movie was busy. And Secret right, Invasion Zachary. really took us on a tangent. I mean, it's just Marvel. It's in a weird place right now. I want to go ahead and get this one out of the way so we can move on from it because I only want to watch it and I only want to do really oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. with this one. Oh, so, you meant that uh, one. Not, I'm sorry. <laughs> We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so, April, to me, was a big month. Not because of Jedi Survivor. Oh, no, no, no. It was because of this special. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, once and always. Okay. We are now we are now almost a month out of this special, so I am going to be getting full spoilers for this. I, know, I, I guarantee a lot of our viewers on Power... I hope you guys are Power Rangers fans. You know, the power protecting and all that kind of fun stuff. Hope you enjoy it. But... This special just proved to me that Power Rangers can not just be for kids, but can also be for adults, and it can intersect very, very, very well. Because this dealt with grief, this dealt with loss, this dealt with becoming who you are and what you imagine yourself to be in, in all the right ways. Um, the scene, there's a scene between Billy and Zach in, um, in Trini's house for them trying to get ready to how to tell Trini's daughter that she died. And it's the realest scene I've ever seen in Power Rangers. There was no cheese, there was no corn, it was just two actors acting. And I've never seen that before in Power Rangers. And it's a gut punch. When they use the word kill in this it, it it throws you off because you don't expect that from Power Rangers ever. And I thought the way they were able to incorporate certain aspects of the old show into this, um, they incorporated Jason David Frank very very well into the special. Um, and there is a beautiful tribute at the end from an episode of Mighty Morphin where Zach and Kimberly are singing together, and it mainly focuses on Trini and. Uh, and Tommy, and I was a mess at the end. It, it broke. They, they did what they were set out to what they wanted to do. I, I can't express this enough. It is, this is the best thing that Power Rangers has put out in a long time. And I recommend it to everybody. Not even if you're just not, not even if you're not a Power Rangers fan, I recommend it to you. Because they deal with things and are able to explain it in a way to where younger younger people understand what they're talking about. And you don't really get that in Power Rangers when it comes to this kind of heavy stuff. Um, Repulsa is terrifying in this. It's absolutely terrifying. I think Barbara does a fantastic job with her voice because she can be evil again. The last time we saw Rita this evil was in the first season of the show. And seeing her without Zed without the whole marriage nonsense between the two of them where they became wacky monsters and it didn't really matter anymore. When she's evil, this bitch will kill you. There's just no other doubt about it. She will kill you and everybody you love. And we haven't seen Rita like that in so long. And it was really cool to see Rita like that. Um, they explain things I didn't think they would be able to explain. And it makes sense and it worked. I just, I absolutely loved it. This was my favorite thing I watched in April. Easily. Easily. And I will and I will give this credit to this because it's complete truth. They did in 50 minutes 
what Mandalorian could not do in eight episodes. And that, to me, is a victory for them all on their own. So, once and always gets a five out of five. I think it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a classic, cheesy, but heartfelt reunion that I didn't think I needed. So, definitely go watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always. It's a great time. I loved it. I've seen it seven times. I love it to death. Okay. Well, there you guys go. Um, once again, we'll see if uh, that one makes the list that gets put out uh, to smaller audience. But let's go ahead. I decide on some other stories that I think we can cover before we do the big one. And then we close out the first part. Because um, I don't think the next big we'll talk about later doesn't matter. I said let's move on to Kim Kardashian is what I decided. So what is this? So uh, Kim Kardashian, they did a lot of interesting things with American Horror Story. They're adapting a novel instead of doing something original. Um, the novel actually doesn't come out until September, which is interesting. And the show is actually going to be coming out this summer. But due to the writer's strike, everything got put on pause, and so everything's getting moved around and stuff. Because they're filming. I, I have set photos I can show you of Kim Kardashian on set. Um, it's Kim Kardashian and Emma Roberts. She has, like, a full role? Yeah, she has a full... She's co-lead. It's her and Emma Roberts are the co-leads. It's about so a woman... act? Every episode. It's about a woman who is obsessed with a woman who is pregnant... Um, the person who's pregnant is going to be played by Emma Roberts. And the woman who is assessed is played by Kim Kardashian. She's played a role like this before. It's not actually her first time being an actress, if you did not know. She's done two movies prior to this. One of those being Disaster I don't think we can count that. No. But the other one being an actual role that was like fully fleshed out and things, which was a type of obsession type of movie. Uh, Beyonce's done a role like this before and things like that. Yeah, her movie was called Obsession. Yeah, it was. It was horrible. Truly, <laughs> was truly bad. awful. I've seen was it like 12 with, times. Is that the one with Catherine Heigl? No, that is not the one with Catherine Heigl. That's the one with Allie Lauder. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Catherine Heigl was worse. That's way worse. <laughs> That's why Either way. <laughs> um, and so she joined. Um, it was due to a lot of, you know, a lot of controversy came out of it because a lot of people didn't think she should be able to join. But then again, here's the thing. Hulu which now owns FX, is very much in bed with the Kardashians, um, which means Disney's very much in bed. Yeah, it's our statement. In bed with the Kardashians, and so it makes sense. Also, Ryan Murphy has a way of writing scripts, making scripts are written for actors and actresses of the quality that they are. And so I honestly don't think she's going to do that bad of a job with what she's given. I just don't know what the quality is going to be like because of what they're going to have to give. Are you a fan of Murphy's recent work, or are you nervous about this? No, I have, I have not seen anything Ryan Murphy hasn't put out that I didn't really like. Um, I've always enjoyed. It's all. It's a little out there. It's a lot. Uh, I think the only one I personally don't agree with is Dahmer. Um, I just don't think the way they did Dahmer and things was very appropriate and very handling of the subject matter. But this is an American Horror Story. They're they're not going to do that anyways. It doesn't. You know, it's a completely different yeah. ballpark. Um, so I'm not super worried in that regard towards that either. Um, I have no stake in this game, therefore I have no opinion in this. I've never, I've, the only American Horror Stories I've seen is Roanoke, and I very much enjoyed that, and that's where I stay. And like the, 
I haven't seen season 11 yet. Um, so I can't really talk to it, but I've heard nothing but amazing things from that one. And I'd be curious to see who else is in the cast as well. My thing I keep going back to, Lady Gaga, when she was announced to be a part of season five, was really, really hated. No one liked the idea of bringing in Lady Gaga, and then she was a huge hit. Everybody loved her and was a huge thing. Do I think because of that show that she got Star Wars born, isn't it? Yes. Do I think Kim Kardashian is going to go on to win a Golden Globe? No. Maybe. Who knows? I'm hoping to be blown away, but I, I, I don't think so. I also hope they do enough to make her very much not distinct of Kim Kardashian. I don't yeah. want to know that Kim Kardashian is playing a character. I want that character to come out. Because if you watch Lady Gaga's performance, just like A Star is Born and her other one, I can't remember what that's called, House of Gucci, she, she doesn't play Lady Gaga. To the point where you're like, is it Lady Gaga? Gaga. And then she has a few mannerisms. You're like, oh, okay, it's Lady Gaga. But that's about it. And the same thing came with American Horror Story. It's the same thing. You had no idea if Lady Gaga. I mean, you did, obviously, but she, like, wins the character and things. And so I really hope Kim Kardashian can bring something under those lines because it's just going to be distracting for a very long time if it's just Kim Kardashian playing yeah. Kim Kardashian. So that's that. Little story, but I thought it was interesting. It is interesting. I'm curious because how it's going to move forward. A lot of traction. It was trending. It was a good move on Ryan Murphy's part because of it. But, like, the next one we have is Barry versus Jolie action movie. Is this so Halle that, Berry and Angelina Jolie? Is that what your guess is? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Fuck yeah. Hell, hell so, yeah. <laughs> so it's called Mod versus Mod. Um, is the name of the title. They're both uh-huh. producing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in a huge bidding war. Like, it the Warner Brothers paid like $19 million for the script or something like it um, due to them being attached to it and everything else. Like Apple was in on it. Netflix was in on it. Like Warner Brothers is the one who won. And um, they're both attached to Star. Roseanne Ling is on board to direct. The only thing I've ever seen of hers is the Chloe Grace from Reds one where she's a fire pilot, which was really well directed, which is a bad movie. I can't oh, remember wait, is that the Gremlins movie? No. Like no. Gremlins movie? Maybe. Yeah, Chloe Grace, Chloe Grace from Rust did the, did the movie where the monsters take over the jet. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a pseudo sequel to Gremlins. Mm, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. Now. I, I had to think about it, but yeah. The, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know that movie's based on, right? No, I did not. No. It is based on an original Looney Tunes cartoon where Bugs Bunny is flying a plane and it's taken over by Gremlins. That's hilarious. Not That's the that. idea of that movie. <laughs> and Scott Moiser is going to do the script for it. He worked um, very close with like um, Kevin Smith. He did like Clerks and things like that. So this is very interesting mm. that he's doing something like this. So I'm curious to see what that type of vibe the dialogue, is. The, the dialogue should be snappy then if that's the case. Um, and everything's being kept very under wraps. Of course, it's just gone out. It's like in May. Um, it's just been told by an insider described as a Bond versus Born type of global action thriller. Ooh, who's Bond? Who's Born? I don't know. But either way, could you just imagine? As my 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 two takeaways here. It has to be rated R. Please. Yeah, if it's if it's not, it's a waste of an opportunity. Or if you're gonna make it PG thirteen, 
please give me an red version so I can see them like really just Harry Potter. Like either way, I'm okay with either way. I want it to do well because what if we just get like four of these? Like what, what, what they does so well and it ends on a way where they could make a sequel and we get that sequel. They're like, this is just what they do now. And they're like, I'd, I'd, I'd be into that. Or how nuts would it be if Halle Berry's character is from the Continental? And it ties into not. John Wick. I hope not. Why? <laughs> you know how I feel about John Wick. But it's I a billion not. dollar franchise now. I... It's got that... It's got it's got that B in front of it now. It's a it's a profitable franchise. They that people want to interact with that sucker now. But I was super duper impressed and super duper happy with this. Like two actresses you would never think would go against each other, and then you're just like, yep. The I've, fight I've... scenes in this movie. I can't wait. It just became like one of my most anticipated movies, and I have no idea when it's coming out. There's no release date. There's no filming date. No nothing. No production starting. Well, obviously, nothing will happen right now until yeah, what's going on goes on until it ends. So, but yeah, twenty twenty six. Whenever it comes out, I'll be there. I'll be there the whole weekend. <laughs> I'll see it multiple times, even if it's bad. <laughs> just to say, I saw it multiple times. That's where I'm at. I love Angelina Jolie in action. Where have you been? Where were hmm? you? I was watching Angelina Jolie and Halle Berry kick their asses. Pretty cool. Yeah. I just love Angelina Jolie in an action role. I will, I will pay lots of money to see that over and over again. Even if it's bad, I still will pay lots of money. Mm. I saw Eternals. I saw Eternals three times in theaters. She's great in Eternals. I'm talking about the movie overall. She's in theaters, in the movie. it was... No, I'm not talking about her. I'm just talking oh. about the general movie overall. Um, Eternals is one of those interesting ones. It was horrible at home. I really liked it in theaters. Did not like it at home. I'm at the all. opposite. I fell asleep in the theater. I was engrossed the entire time in my theater in my TV. And then her other one she did for Warner Brothers, I saw twice, and I did not like it at all. But it was just, she's just oh, the fire, the, the, yeah, the, the fire, the fire, fire starter. No, not fire starter. That's it. That's another bad movie. Uh, some fire. Yeah. Okay, next one. Mia Goth joins the MCU. This is mainly for you. You're happy about this. I know you are. I was just so excited. She deserves it so much. She can't get recognition for an Oscar. Go join the MCU. She made the right choice. Go get a pretty payday. Unfortunately, pay she's picking the movie with the most issues. Yeah, but I think, but ultimately, like, could you expect her in anything else but Blade? No. Honestly, no. Ghost Rider? Yeah, I'm talking about in the near future, Blade. I, I, I can't. Oh. And no. I don't know. I know it has a lot of problems, but like I'm still excited for it. Oh, so am I. But again, they can't do anything with that movie right now because of the WGA strike. Yeah. So it's kind of just sitting. it's just sitting there. But I'm very excited for whenever we get more information about it. Comic Con. And then we have probably the last really big story we're going to talk about in this episode, and that is CinemaCon. Oh boy, we got a lot to talk about. So CinemaCon, if you guys don't know what that is, let me very quickly break that down for you. CinemaCon is where all the big studios go and they sit in a room and they have presentations where they're basically just talking about their slates coming up and showcasing trailers or announcing like little things such as ratings and stuff like that. It's mostly just for investors, but there's a lot of headlines to come out of it. Mm-hmm. CinemaCon, for instance, this year had Sony, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Disney, Universal, and we're going to be talking about them all. 
Sure Zachary, I'm going to ask you, what studio do you want to start with first? Let's go in the order. Let's let's start with Sony. We'll work our way down. All right. I Sony think, Pictures. I think, I think Sony had the most, honestly, out of all the studios, had the most interesting reveal for me. Yeah, that's part of the reason why I, that I decided we should talk about Simicon was because of Sony. And we'll talk still, about it. I still can't believe it's going to be that. So essentially what's going to happen here is I have a list of movies and stuff that they release. They release images or pictures or trailers or whatever from. And we're just going to talk about them. Essentially, I'm going to ask Zachary a title for the movie. He tells me if he knows anything about it or if he's interested in talking about more. So just saying that Do it's you coming know anything out. anything about Cinemacon? What? Do you know anything about what happened to Cinemacon? Do you mean yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. I am I familiar. Curious. If you're talking about the one thing, yes, I do know the one thing. Overall. Kinda? I'm not completely up to date. I followed it. I followed it so, all weekend through Campia. So. so the first thing we're talking about is dumb money. Do you know what dumb money is? Oh, dumb money, dumb money, dumb money. Oh, it comes out in October. Is this the uh Sweeney uh Sydney Sweeney movie? Nope. No. This one is the biographical the biographical oh, comedy. Oh, it's the GameStop. Based... It's the GameStop movie. Yes. I have heard uh they, they showed a trailer for this at CinemaCon and from what I've heard, I heard it's fantastic. I heard it looks really 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 good. They showed the first few minutes of the movie yeah. is what they they showed. It's a huge cast. It's nuts. Uh Seth Rogen, Vincent Nayo. Nick Adam, Offerman. Adam McKay is directing it, I believe. I'm, I'm no, correct. Craig Jalipsy is directing it, who did Cruella and Itania. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Did I hear Adam McKay's name at all during CinemaCon? I feel like I did. You really anyway. did. Anyway. anyway, Bad Money sounds fantastic. I can't believe you're making a movie about GameStop, GameStop stockings, but, you know, it was an important moment in history, apparently. The next, it, I mean, it was. It, it broke it the internet. So. I did. The next one is Insidious, the Red Door. I heard this looked bad. Really? I heard this looked really bad. I heard the I heard the directing from just within the trailer. It looks generic. It doesn't look scary. And from what I've heard, it does not. It's not reading well with audiences. From the trailer, they should have said Macon. Investors did not like it. Well, I'm quite interested. Um, I've actually never seen an Insidious film. Weirdly enough, I think that's a really I'm, weird franchise for me not to be a part of, but I'm not. interested because of who's directing it. That's why I'm interested in the movie. I'm interested because of Patrick Wilson, for sure. But they also brought back the entire cast from the original one to play the characters again um, because the so son in the original like one... Insidious huh? now? Is that like a commentary now because of this? Uh, the first two, yes, uh, would be... That's that's great for me. <laughs> I never seen it, so it's great for both of us. I mean, new experiences yeah, sure. for everybody. James Wan is the original director of them. So oh, I know it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great movie. I know it's gonna be a great movie. It's gonna be fucking terrifying. Then, um, so that was the first thing they showed a little bit more footage of it um, at Cinecon Extended trailer. We got a trailer released um, to the public, but it was like a teaser. It's it's not very long. The teaser was released before Cinemacon. They yeah. they they got more footage at Cinemacon. The next one would be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Obviously, we've already talked about it. Um, they showed the first 14 minutes. 
um, or 14 minutes of the movie. It doesn't say it was the first 14, but they showed 14 minutes. And the fun fact about the 14 minutes they saw still wasn't done. Yes, yes, it still isn't done because they're still not done animating it yet. Which is crazy. Hopefully they're done now. But they're probably be. Hopefully. So the next, and we'll come back to it. I'm going to leave it to the end because it's just, it's it needs its own. So the next one we're going to talk about is Gran Turismo. This is actually a trailer did actually come out as well. And I Why does this stable. look good? Why? Why does this look as good as it does? This has no right to look as good as it does. Okay, well, we're I love the concept. People. I love the idea. I think the cast looks awesome and the racing looks fantastic. This one comes out in August. I think August is a great release date for this. Yes. Um, I do like Neil Blomkamp. So do like, I. I do enjoy his directing, but I thought the trailer looked horrible. Really? Absolutely atrocious. Like, almost unwatchable. I, I love this idea of it being a video game movie because they're using the video game as a way to test these drivers. I think it's a brilliant idea. You know what this has, me, you know what this has in my head? Top Gun written all over it. This is the Top Gun of cars. Very possible. I could see that. I could see that I very could, well. If, if if it works on that level, like 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 a hardcore '80s cheesy movie where they're racing against each other, and the and you know one dire race to defend them all, but they use the words Gran Turismo in it. Sign me up. This looks like a lot of fun. The next one is Anyone But You. Do you know what this one is? Is this the Sydney Sweeney one? This is the okay. Sydney Sweeney one. This is the Sweeney C and Glenn Powell one. It is a modernization of Much Ado About Nothing. What? You said her name funny. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just saying it quickly. You said Sweeney C. I did. Um, this is a modernization of Much Ado About Nothing. It is a radar raunchy rom-com. Which is weird. A lot of people's first thing when it was announced as radar was is it really a rom-com then <laughs> and i think it could still be a rom-com i'm just very curious about it like i'm thinking more like on the lines of like friends with benefits and things are i really wasn't long. expecting her to do any project like this after all the stuff went down with euphoria i figured she want to stay away from you know harder material after she had her yeah she's still going back to euphoria i mean she'll be in season three oh and things yeah she didn't leave oh. Yeah, the only left um, person who left that was uh, was a different character who got very sidelined. I can understand why she left. Um, but no, I mean, Sydney's, I mean, she's definitely not leaving you for it. She just won an Emmy for it uh, and stuff like that. I mean, she's very much, you know, there. I'm curious to see what they do with her character. Either way, not important. Um, they, it, yeah, I'm feeling it's going to be very much under the lines of like friends with benefits and type of thing. The footage that they. <laughs> It could end up in your top 10. Yeah, it could definitely, it could be really big. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's supposed to come out next year in 2024 oh. is the release date. It hasn't been officially announced yet. That's what people are suspecting because it just got done filming like right before CinemaCon. The, the footage that they showed um, was some mesh together stuff that they could get together. Mm. Um, and it really was just two people going back and forth in a very cruel type of way, but also comedy type of way. They're, the thing I've heard most about it is the chemistry between the two is um, very, very strong to the point that people believed that Gwen Powell and his girlfriend broke up because of it. 
Damn. Yeah. So we're thinking like possibly like if it's this good, probably Cooper like Gaga level. Gaga level. Where they're like, are they actually fucking? <laughs> Type of thing. Is um is Jennifer Lawrence's movie within Sony or is that a separate company? Jennifer Lawrence is, I think, if with Sony. I think it is coming out with Sony, no hard feelings. It's on this list. Uh, so I guess we'll see if it is with Sony or not. Maybe Universal? I don't know what No Hard Feelings is coming out from. It looks great. I'm just, I, I, I forget which studio it is. Yeah, I don't know either. The last one is Napoleon. I heard, I heard what they show was kind of short. Um, was a visceral battle sequence where Hawking thinks Napoleon is commanding his French forces and pulling strings from a, a far on top of a hill. Okay, now. My thing with this, my thing with this, my thing with this is, it's Ridley Scott. It is. And, again, he did The Martian. I love that movie to death. He also did uh, all the sequels to Alien. And we don't really talk about those. Um, He also did the one where Cameron Diaz fucked the car. We don't talk about that movie. Um, The script was much better there. I read the script. Before I watched that movie, and the fucking the car made so much more sense in the script than it did in the movie, which is weird. <laughs> you would think it would be the opposite there, but it was not. Um, and then he also did. Um, he didn't he do the movie with Adam Driver and Jodie Comer? Yeah, I was trying to move because the poster's like literally right behind my chair. It's right there. Nope, wrong way. This way. It's right yeah, there. Yeah. The the what's it called? The, the last, last duel. The last duel, which. In certain aspects, I think is a step up for him. In other aspects, I think it's a major step down. So, with, but I also find it very weird that they casted Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon, and you know Napoleon's known to be short. I made I, I made the joke at the beginning of this. It's a short. Is there no way around it? What, how do you explain it? You hit a growth spurt. <laughs> Maybe that's the only place where they use the VFX to make him tiny. Oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> that would stick out like a sore thumb. I am very curious. I mean, he also directed Gladiator and things. Which, I mean, really, he's got some amazing movies, but he's also done some not so really, amazing. Really? I mean, I didn't mind The Last Duel. I walked out thinking that was a disappointment, honestly, in that um, Matt Damon, not Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, was the best part of that entire movie. And you didn't like, you didn't, you didn't like Homer? Uh was a very big it was a very big disappointment of a movie. It was a very big disappointment of a movie. I agree though, he, Affleck was a standout of that movie. He just was playing such a different character than he normally plays, and it was such just really refreshing. But I also I watched the other one, House of um House of Gucci, which I don't know. There's just I don't know if I'm ready for another biopic. I want to be excited. It's the same way I feel about Gladiator 2. Like, I want to be excited for that. But, like, I want to know what, like, which Ridley are we getting? Are we getting the one that stakes in himself into 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 his craft, really looks at what he's making, and turns it on its head? Or is he just going in for the money again? And I really want to know which one he's going to be. I don't think it would be the same. I don't think it would be the way with Napoleon. I don't think Joaquin Phoenix would go on that movie. If that was the case. Joaquin's yeah. very picky, so that's where I feel about that one. It could be fun though. So, and then lastly, 
we have what honestly could be a standout from Sony this year. A standout from fucking CinemaCon. And that would be Craven the Hunter. Holy fuck. The big thing to take away from Craven the Hunter is the fact that it was announced and shown that it will be a radar movie. I heard, I heard, I heard this movie's violent. So just, just some of the things, a part of the footage that was shown. Let me just read it to you, you know, because I do have descriptions of all the footage. And also being the shown big here, villain reveal. Holy shit. Which we'll talk about as well. Um, we have, he uses his, in this one scene that he was, sh- that was shown, it shows um, Aaron Taylor and Johnson's Craven the Hunter killing a bunch of poachers. That was like the scene that was shown to the audience. He uses his he uses weapons, his hands, and even his own teeth as he bites a piece of the poacher's face off and spits blood everywhere. He also jumps off walls, pounces on foes like an animal. Um, also, was announced the main conflict of the film will be between him and his father, who is played by none other than yep, you guessed it, Russell Crowe. Russell no, you didn't Crow. guess it, but now you did. <laughs> the action is filled with over-the-top gore, as comical as the Deadpool film, as we see Craven use everything from huge spears to fully-sized bear traps to decapitate and chop up goons to pieces. And a mysterious new character, played by none other than Ariana De Bois, again is is briefly teased at the very end of the footage that was shown. Um, he is wearing a completely ca- character accurate outfit in this whole entire sequence. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> but that's not even the coolest part, man. And then, surprisingly, he does meet up with another famous Superman villain or Spider-Man villain. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm tired. Fireman villain, the Rhino. A huge fight between the two begins as the later latter injects himself with a serum that actually mutates him into a huge rhino beast as opposed to it being a mech suit. The footage only saw his arm morphing into a big gray rhino-like fist that did look somewhat comic accurate. And uh, then he said his line and then uh, we moved on. And listen, yeah. listen, I have to explain this to the audience if you don't know anything really about the rhino. If it's comics accurate, that means that horn is on top of his head. That means the face is somewhere around the necular region of the rhino. <laughs> this movie's gonna be fucking nuts. Honestly, Sorry, when... man, make up your mind. <laughs> Here's the thing: like, if we were gonna go down the radar route, then why didn't we Venom just go two? full? Why didn't we just go Venom Two? That's a great one. I was gonna say, why didn't we just go full Morbid Todd? Morbid. You know. <laughs> Like, how can Spider-Man jump around in this universe? Well, that's that's he the can't. question. And that's why I use Andrew Garfield, the, the, the widespread Spider-Man. That was personal reasons. And it said that it appears that Craven the Hunter will play out mainly as a standalone entry with a little connection to the Sony Marvel universe for now. Because, of course, ironically, so though, make it complicated. this does come out October 6th. Which I think is a pretty good release date. Not a great one, but a pretty good release date. I don't think it makes and I sense. Do ha- I do have a strong feeling that it's probably going to be good. Oh, so do I. However, just, I don't think it reaches October. It's just, it's just really crazy. We it's are. Just, it's, it's, it's May right now, right? It is. July, August, September, October. They got five months. We need to see something from this movie within a month. 
if we don't see anything with this movie by, by July, it's not coming out in October. I'd say maybe Comic-Con. Maybe. Even if it's not at Comic-Con, I could see them releasing a trailer to go along with Comic-Con. But why would you wait that long? Release a teaser sometime between now and June and have the full trailer come out in July. It all just depends on the movies. If there's a movie that they believe would play really well in front of, then we would get one. If there's not, then wait. Spider-Man. I could maybe see it, but then again, we're trying to not it tell makes this sense. To, to kids. But it also makes sense, though. You can you can do a green band version of the trailer in front of Spider-Man, and then say, "Well, hey, guess what? There's a red band version of this trailer online. If you want to go watch it, just to, just to have it in front of a theater screen in June, I think it would make most sense to put it in front of Spider-Man." So, the next place that we're going, so that's the red, that's all Sony. That's what they came to play with, and they came and they played. They came. They came hard. <laughs> I came out wrong. <laughs> I um. I need to go grab another sprite real quick. You you, you start the conversation. I'll be right back. I need to walk away from this because that was such a bad joke. Sure, sure. We can't understand a single word you're saying, but you're doing good. Uh, we start out with Warner Brothers is the next one that we go from. Warner Brothers was the next day after Sony. It was um all throughout the weekend and stuff. And the next one would be Barbie. This is where the Barbie trailer came from. They also showed some extra footage. I don't want to talk too much about the Barbie footage that they showed, only because of the simple fact that I'm going to try to keep this as vague as possible, because the marketing team decided to do for it. Um, but we talked about Barbie. We both thought it looked phenomenal, and that's where the trailer came from. So we're just going to continue onwards. Once again, there was more footage that they did show, but once again, I'm just going to try to keep it as vague as possible, just because that's Barbie the way the market... That's all you need to know. Barbie looks great. Oh, my God. Then we have one that, that blew me away. Blew me away. And that is Neg 2, the trench. This looks so stupid. So the reason why this blew me away, and I need to explain it, and we'll talk about it again, ironically, next month. Um, the trailer came out. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen the Meg, the movie, the Meg. Uh, maybe not. I don't really recommend it. It's not good. There's a certain scene in the Meg that has been traumatized into my brain. And that is of um, what's her face? What's her name? She's from the Batwoman. Oh God, Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. Uh, there's a scene where she has to cry, and um, that's it. That's all I got for you. And you should see it. You should look it up. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Oh, wait, you will be. Then, like, it was to the point where it was like, that's really in this movie? You couldn't cut that? You really just, you really just couldn't cut it? Because you should have. It looked bad for everybody. Then, also, how the hell do you have the Megodon and do nothing with it? They did nothing with it till the very end. And then they did nothing with it afterwards. However, then, there is one cool shot in the Meg, though. There is one really cool shot in the Meg. Which one? When the when the little girl standing in front of the window and and, and it's just a shark facing her. That's one of my yeah. favorite shots in the movie. Just, it, it's it's just a perspective shot of seeing that little girl look up and seeing the shark. That to me is one of the best shots in the movie. Visually, it looks really nice. Then we have Meg to the trench, and they are like, "We heard your complaints. We saw you. This we understood you." Whack. And we're like, "It starts so weird." I just absolutely love the fact that it starts with the T-Rex hunting down and then the Meg jumping out of the water and killing the T-Rex all bloody like. Like, I just have to say, I'm just I'm just so impressed. 
I thought the posters looked good. I thought the trailer, like, I'm genuinely excited for this Shrek movie. It's and I was expecting bad. to tell you that it was horrible, but guess what? I don't think it actually does. Ladies and gentlemen, as the sane person on this panel of people, I will tell you that this trailer looks bad. Fuck you. <laughs> See? Even Sinemcon agrees. One thing's for sure, Meg to the Trench feels like a necessary upgrade in tone and style from the first film. Thank you. Can, can, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question though? Will you enjoy this movie if it has no plot? Yes, I think I will. Or, oh wow! Sorry, it looks more interesting. It's because of the giant shark, isn't it? It is. <laughs> two, not one, two, two. two. <laughs> Who's not going to go see Jason Statham ride a jet ski trying to kill a gigantic shark with a spear? I'm no. just saying. How do you, you know, not you know, there this weekend? You know this movie lost me. You know this movie lost the trailer lost me was when Jason Statham punched the megalodon in the face. No, actually, and do that, you know? Sorry, this is factual information. If you are going against oh, a shark, no, I, I got you're it. supposed to punch it in the face. No, I got it. Dude, are We're you watching sure? him punch a megalodon that could eat him whole in it. the face? I just loved it. It was like it was like cars going to space. It took me right out. <laughs> See, here's the thing. That's 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 true. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Just, I just, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it to you. Maybe it's because I was just really looking forward to the first one because I just love corny shark movies, and it it's was such corny. a big, dis- it's just big, such a big disappointment to me. And in the second trailer, in the tra- first trailer came out, and I was like, oh my god! I said this, I said this to like twelve people. Here's my thing with the Meg. The Meg one took itself way too seriously. That was yeah. its biggest issue. It took it way too seriously. This movie. Looks to be the exact opposite. They understand the film they're making and they're going with it. If they can, if I can watch this movie and it not take itself that seriously, then I will take back everything I said and they're having a great time with the movie. But if I get in there and they look me dead in the face and go, boy, you see those two sharks out there? I'm going to punch them in the face for liberty. I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> or feel I don't feel like it's going to do very well. No, I don't either. <laughs> But I'm very excited about it. I will be there. I will see it. I will. I will be there on August. Which August fourth. Yes, we will do better. Little Mermaid or Meg Two, <laughs> or Aquaman Two. All three coming to you theater too soon. One's coming in the actual summer. One's coming in the midsummer, and one's coming in Christmas time. <laughs> Pick your poison. <laughs> make it make sense. The next one that they released was View Blue Beetle. Once again, we already talked about Blue Beetle, so we can move on from it. Um, um, they showed they showed the full transformation sequence at CinemaCon to the to the panels. The actual costume was there, and they showed the full transformation scene for him. And from what I heard, people liked the transformation scene of him getting the scarab on for the first time. Which to me, good. That's good. So I'll take that as a victory. Hold on, I, I had to read you this, as I did not know what they showed from Blue Beetle. And I'm wondering if you heard what they showed from Pooh. Let me, let me read you this one thing from the extended trailer, because um, this movie just got a little bit more interesting, in my opinion. So, we see in the extended trailer as a final shot of Jamie's grandmother heading to battle with an advanced chain gun. What? Okay, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'd be interested. <laughs> 
You're losing me, Blue Beetle. You're losing me. <laughs> you're, you're, you're getting me, Blue Beetle. You're getting me. <laughs> Again, I don't think Jason Tate should punch Starks. You think Jason Statham should punch Sark? So I get why you're so excited about a 78-year-old woman like this. My thing here is, I think I'm just in the mood for some like wild shit. Like just, just go to balls to the walls. That's why Fast X, and that's why Fast X was just your cup of tea. The next one they showed off was the Nun Two. Much like the first one, scares you away from Christ. Um, I I don't agree. The first one was one of the worst movies I've joke. ever seen. Okay, thank God. It, ever it scares seen... you into getting into Christ because of how yes, bad it was. Yes, and honestly, it, it does. <laughs> it truly does. Um, <laughs> that was a good joke of me. Thanks, Zach. You're welcome, Zach. I just... <laughs> Here's the thing. It's just... The first one was just so bad. Like, Why it ruined my, my entire confidence in the entire franchise of the Conjuring universe. Have they had a good spinoff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Annabelle, the first one's horrible, but the sequels after that, well, Annabelle Creation definitely worth the really watch. Good. Was 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 Lila Rona any good or no? Lila Rona was interesting. It was fine. It was one of those movies where you're just like, cool, we have a white lead in a movie that should have a Mexican lead, and that's how I felt about the entire film. That that makes no sense. Linda Carlini is the lead in that movie. She does a good job. It's just she shouldn't be the lead. It's just. And then, are all three conjurings held in regard? I know the first two are. Do people like The Devil Made Me Do It? No, people did not like The Devil. I was one of those people. I walked out of that thinking. I actually laughed at The Devil Made Me Do It. Like, laughed Ooh, at it, not laughed never with a it. Good thing. Um, and I like the directing of that one. And also, I think they should stick to possession stories. The rumor is that the new one is actually not a possession story either. But they should stick to possession stories. This one was all about witchcraft, and it didn't work for me. I mean, the, the one thing you always go into those movies is expecting really good things from the main two leads. And I heard that they're still... Yeah, I mean, uh, that's why you continue to go. Go, go that's watch why them. It's because of them, too. I will see the fourth one, because I will continue to go see Vera Famiga and Patrick Wilson. That's why I like the first one so much, was their chemistry. It, 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 it grounds the movie to where you're... It's through their eyes and you get it. I just don't know. This I mean, I was a franchise that has not gone off its feet yet. Still, I will. I will see the Nun too. Interestingly enough, even though I think the Nun is by far one of the worst movies I've I've ever sat through. I've heard, but that. I, I I've never I've never in my life wanted to get out of a theater more, and I've only walked out of two theaters in my life. The Nun was not one of those. And I, I still regret it to this day. I, I was like, it's not as interesting. I should For not. audience, Jacob, what movies did you walk out of? Oh, um, the first one, I actually don't remember what the first one is. I just know there's two. I can't tell you. I think we had to leave for like a family reason. I don't actually think like I voluntarily walked out of a movie. The second one was The Secret Life Pets 2. Another one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Do not recommend. I'm a big believer. Um... Illumination likes to make the sequels into little shorts and just put them all together in a movie, and it, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. All right, the next one would be Dune Part 2. We will talk about how we feel about Dune in next month. Um, we talk about it now? <laughs> we, we sadly cannot. We can just say we're excited. 
That, that's about where we're Excited at. is the understatement. This is my most anticipated movie of the year. I cannot wait for this movie. That soundtrack will be blaring in my ear again, and I can't wait to hear. Yeah. I'm so excited. It looks so good. Then Your girl looked good. Your girl looked good. Of course she did. <laughs> no one's shocked. Literally. No one. No one. I got it. Both my girls look good. No one's shocked. And Butler, he looked terrified. I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts. Let's just put it that way. The next one they showed was Wonka. I so from what I've heard, uh, Hugh Grant is playing one of the Oompa Loompas. He plays, I think, he plays the main Oompa Loompa that Chalamet's Wonka deals with in the movie. But I heard it's nothing but pure magic, and that it is a prequel to Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka, not to Johnny Depp's. It's, it's they re- directly reference Gene Wilder's Wonka at CinemaCon before they showed the footage. I'm really excited for this too. Chalamet might own the last two months of the year. I'm very curious to see. I'm also really curious to see how his singing is. I heard, um, I heard it's really good. I heard good things when he was on set and stuff, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see if there is money to be made with Wonka, if it's a brand I that people want to go back to. WB is putting all their money on Chalamet for the last two months of the year between Dune and Wonka. I think this will show whether or not Chalamet is a name that can continue to make money for the company or whether or not they're putting way too much on this kid's plate at once. My only issue with Wonka is its release date. Do you think it should be moved? It should be moved. I think it should come out in 2024. I actually don't think it should come out in 2023 at all. Um, I'm going to tell you why. So the next one they showed was Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I heard it does not look good. I, I've heard mixed things as well. But then again, there's so many things going on with this one that I, like I agree. It's all it's all over the place. I don't even know how to like describe the problems with Aquaman 2. It should never have been made. Is the nope. moral of the story? We could have said that about a lot of more of our movies though, to be fair. Aquaman didn't need a sequel. I feel like Aquaman's story oh, ends on I a definitely, good note. Definitely don't agree with that. Well, Aquaman definitely needed a sequel. Aquaman's sequel just took too long. Mm-hmm. Like, if it came out two years ago, I think we would have a very different conversation. Some people might argue the same thing about Top Gun, and look what that did. And so, it, but it comes out December 20th. Wonka comes out December 15th. That's five days. Yeah. That's not good. I- I think Wonka will do better than Aquaman. I think Aquaman I don't think fun. my personal opinion on the matter, I don't think they should have to go up against one another. I don't think I, you should release a movie that could be undercut by the next movie. Or you should not release a movie that could be fucking phenomenal and not be then give the pair the people other options. You should have let the movie breathe. So if you move Wonka to I don't know, I heard it is set during the winter. So part of me says Move it a whole other year, like a like a year ahead. Move it to Christmas, you know, in 2024. Because they is can't do that either. Supposed to be awards campaign. Yeah, but Christmas 2024 is Avatar three. Yeah, but I think Wonka would be enough of like a, a switch for Avatar do three. You, do you really think Wonka would survive December 
if it went against Avatar. Do you yeah. really think that? I, I think it has better. I think it has a better shot of surviving with Aquaman behind in front of it than Avatar. Yeah, but as a Warner Brothers, I just don't think it's worth it. I don't know. The so footage was mixed back from what I, I can see here. Um, for instance, they did show Amber Heard in the footage. Which is a bold choice. It was a bold choice. I do agree. But then again, here we go. Are you guys ready? So that comes out. The, so Wonka comes out the 15th. Okay. Mm -hmm. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom comes out the 20th. Mm -hmm. Wonka and the next one you could definitely say are Oscar plays. Could be the reason why they don't care. Because Wonka is yeah. definitely an Oscar play. For sure. The next one, they have another one coming out December 25th for Christmas. Five days later. Mm -hmm. And that is the color purple. Again, I, I think it's more along the Wonka front of being awards campaign more than... And anything. I understand this, but I, I say maybe do a limited release for December 25th and then actually go wide in January. I think that's what they're going to probably end up doing. I think it's, it's probably still, better. I think a limited release on Color Purple makes sense because you get that awards uh, contention, but go wider in January. Ooh. It makes sense. Because they're both musicals. Yes. But I also heard the footage from Color Purple at CinemaCon was fantastic. Yeah. I heard the music was fan. I've never seen the musical for Color Purple. Granted, I've only ever seen the Color Purple once. And so it's not my top tier list to go see, but I'm still going to go watch the movie. I just watched it not that long ago, like a week ago. It's on HBO Max in case you guys. How does that hold up? Fucking phenomenal. Just as good as, as, as you would remember it's it when a, you were younger. It's a fantastic... Fan if you've never seen Color Purple, we highly, highly, highly yeah. recommend. It's so good. Also, weirdly enough, um, probably because I've seen so many things, much more easier to handle. And really? I'm very excited to see the musical element of it and how that plays into the story because of all the difficult things that the story tackles and how it could tackle it in a way. Um, for instance, yeah, Hallie Bailey, this will be her next movie. Uh, she is the lead. I think I know, I think I know where she sticks now as musicals. <laughs> so, it has a lot of singers, like a lot of like actual, like, isn't, isn't Ariana Du Bois in the color? No, purple? she is not. No. Charlie P. Henson, Coleman Domingo, Ooh, Corey really? Hawkins, Daniel Brooks, her, which is a singer, Sierra, John Bestie, Halle Bailey, and Fantasia. And Oprah is just producing it. She's not actually in the movie, right? Oprah and um, Steven Spielberg Whoopi. are both producing. Yeah. So. Is, does Whoopi have anything to do with the project, or is she involved at all? Uh, she is not. It's Oprah Winfrey and Steven Spielberg and Quincy Jones. I was just curious whether or not she would because of everything going on around Whoopi Goldberg. I, I didn't know if they were going to, you know, mix yeah. at all. All right. Moving on. Next one is Disney. I heard Earth. their presentation was bad. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what they came with. And then we can judge it apparently. The first thing they came with is The Little Mermaid, which comes out next weekend. So, I mean, I'm full in. And they showed I've, poor unfortunate souls and they got a standing ovation at CinemaCon. Everybody loved it. Yep. I am full in. She's going around. Melissa McCarthy's doing a great job going around interviewing for the movies that I think I think we're in good hands. And Her and Bardem are doing a really good job together as a duo for the for the for, for the campaign. They're doing a really good job. 
So I'm really excited. I don't see it this weekend. I see it the following weekend. I think it's when we decide if we're gonna go go see it. I'm really excited go, about it. We didn't want to go opening weekend because River doesn't it's do particularly packed. well with crowds. So we're gonna go yeah. the weekend after, hoping that it's gonna die down a little bit. Do you think this could be on the Beauty and the Beast level? Yes, I do. Yes. Um, I'll I'll say it again. I'll say it here. I saw a trailer I've never seen before for it in theaters when I went and saw Guardians Galaxy Volume Three, and it made me cry. It made me and mom both cry. The trailer made us cry. It also there's a shot with a burning ship, which is towards the beginning of the movie. It has to be one of the prettiest things that I've I've seen. And from what I understand, the VFX is ten times better in the movie. And worked better, and so I'm really hoping, just like Beauty and Beast, Beauty and Beast VFX looked horrible in the trailers, phenomenal in the movie. movie. Yeah, sadly they do not hold up, and so I wonder if that was the same case. Do you think this, judging from the the VFX, do you think this movie will age? I don't think so. I I don't sadly think it will age. But that's been well. That's also been a notion with all the remakes so far, except for Lion King, because it looks like a National Geographic special. I mean, Aladdin, I just watched here recently, and I felt like it, it Aladdin, held out Aladdin, pretty well. Aladdin, look, Aladdin looks fine. Jungle Book still looks fine, too. I never thought Jungle Book looked fine, so Jungle, Jungle Book fantastic. The next one they gave was Elemental. They showed the first 20 minutes of it, and they were left okay. Um, it excited people, but it wasn't, like, the best thing they've ever seen. It was kind of the reception. Again, but this is where I always rely on Pixar. They always start out kind of weak. But when the momentum keeps going for the movie and people actually see the film, then it becomes a different story. I want this movie to be good for Pixar's sake. They need it to be good because they just, they do. So I hope it's good. I'm going to go support it. It's Pixar. I'm obviously going to go see what they're going to put out. But we just got to get wait and see. Next is The Haunted Mansion. It doesn't look good. And it looks fucking phenomenal. This is my same scenario with Blue Beetle. This looks like a streaming movie. This does not look like a theatrical film. I completely disagree with you. It doesn't. I I'm this is this is has to be in my top ten anticipated movies of the year. Mm-mm. Teach their own. I really I, I really wish it could feel different. I really do, but it just it doesn't. I don't get the quality of it at all. I just really hope that the trailers or the movie is as good as the trailers are making it out to be. Yeah. Um, the directing looks phenomenal. I love Lakeith Stanfield so much. So do I. And he's a, he's the star. He's the lead, and that's just I'm so happy for him. The he cast is it. fantastic. That's not my issue. It's just the the work and the and the VFX part of the side of it. Ah, see, I thought the VFX looked phenomenal. Jamie Lee Curtis's head in that globe did not look good to me at all. And then we have the creator, which. Ah, it looks very derivative. I think it's the best way I know how to describe it. Describe it. Also, I have no confidence in Gareth Edwards. I'm just gonna be honest. I, yeah, yeah, visually great, but I have and no confidence poster, whatsoever. I will say it again. That poster, yeah, is the, just gorgeous. The poster looks good, but my issue being here is that it just feels like, oh, that could be Star Wars. Uh huh. I agree. So, as good as the poster is, eh, it's mid. Um, sorry for everybody out there who's been watching my trailer reaction to it. You know how I feel. So, <laughs> and then we have Wish. They ended it with Wish. I'm showcasing the trailer that they showed us to so, the public. 
so far of 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 the of the three studios we've gone through, I think it would probably go Sony, WB, and Disney. Probably in that order. The order that they aired it. Yeah, at that in that order currently. Next up, we have Universal. I highly doubt Universal has a lot to showcase. My best guess is probably Fast X. I'm not sure you're, what else. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, I guess Oppenheimer. No, you're wrong again. Well, I guess we'll find out. We're going to go down the list. So, they showed Fast X. Um, Apparently, and... a very possibly drunk Michelle Rodriguez came on, on, on stage at CinemaCon and had a great time on stage, from what I heard. I really hope she wasn't drunk. That's, that from, what I've, that's from what I've heard. If that's from what it looked like from seats. I would, I, would, I, would, I would feel really bad if she was drunk. Or maybe she has a really good control of her entire thing and it's all fine. I don't know. It makes me nervous, though, because I, I don't want her having a relapse and having me taken out of anything that she's currently in because she's knocking out of the park everywhere that she goes. So. Go watch Dungeons and Dragons. Then we had Oppenheimer. Which... It looks good. It looks... Now it looks fine. <laughs> Seeing the trailer six times in theaters will do that for you. It's just the honest truth. Then we have Migration. Oh, this is Illumination's next one. I saw that trailer yeah, in front of... Uh, oh, what the fuck Mario. is that called? Mario. Thank you. I thought that was I fine. It looks, I think it looks fine. Looks more like something that should probably air in Peacock. I don't I know agree. if it's theater worthy. Oh, are you talking about The Exorcist? No. Weird. Okay, Kung Fu Panda? No. I guess we'll find out. I have those are the next ones we're going to talk about. So we have The Exorcist, Believer. Um, the footage they actually showed at Simicon was pretty well received, but mm. the test screenings are terrible. Here's uh, my worry with this. If this is anything like Halloween, then we already know the trajectory. Gonna start out strong, have a weak middle, and a weird ending. <laughs> I did not realize David Gordon Green is doing this. Yes. Um, until right now. So again, strong, strong opening, bad middle, weird ending. Yeah, but it's Leslie Owen Jr. Like you can't go wrong. I'll be there. I'm a little nervous for it, but I'll be there. Okay, middle, weird ending. The next one would be Kung Fu Panda 4, which actually so did take excited. me by surprise. I didn't even realize that they were going to announce this. I'm so, so excited. All, all be... three Kung Fu Panda movies are fantastic. I don't like the third one. The first two really? Really though. hate the third one. All the panda stuff's fantastic. I hate the panda stuff in the third one. That's actually oh. my... Definitely so go many. back and rewatch. It's such a good rewatch. Two, but two, two's the best. Two's the best. Okay, then we have the Fall Guy. Nope. Do you know what that is? Uh, no. So this, is, so this comes out in 2024, so this is something we can look forward to next year. Uh, but this is David Leach. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt, and Aaron Taylor Johnson. That's right, yeah. No, I remember this now. This This sounds awesome. And My, uh, they, they 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 did they did a stunt performer show yeah. for the CinemaCon audience, which I which I heard was fantastic. My thing here, I just watched Hobbs and Shaw for my entire Fast and the Furious rewatch 
not necessary, but it's such a good movie. Why not? It's, it, it's so good. It holds up. And then we watched Deadpool 2 not that long ago because he wanted to rewatch both of them. Deadpool 1 was definitely superior than the second one. It hurts me to say that. It's little baby legs. But just to see the progression of David Leach from John Wick to Deadpool 2 to Fast and the Furious, I cannot wait to see what he does here. I know. I'm, I'm just super excited for that just in, in general. I also, oh, Winston Duke too? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's going to be nuts. Became, and it comes out in March. The coveted March 1st release date. Can't go wrong there. Especially, I say that for me and Zachary as our favorite movies keep coming out of March year after year the, after year. The Batman was March. John Wick was March. Come on, March for the fall guy. <laughs> they also did, they also showed footage as well. I really do hope um, Blunt is allowed to be in the action as well. She is playing the ex-girlfriend and that she's not just like an ex-girlfriend role. I really hope that she's there like going along with everybody else. I agree. It's a, did you you know that film is also going to be a in-movie dystopian space opera? What, the Fall Guy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you That's knew. not it either. Are you talking about Wicked? Yes. Oh. Okay. But not because of the two pictures they revealed, because of what they talked about at CinemaCon. Uh, hold on. Well, you can talk about it. I'm just gonna read you, you good. So there. So if you're if you if you're a fan of Wizard of Oz, then you know that there is a scene where Dorothy is laying in a bed of flowers. Right, there's a scene where she's where she wakes up and they have like like it's the the hazy dream where they're walking through all of a sudden, they put down individual nine hundred roses on their set. Nine million. Not sorry, nine million. I'm sorry, I was being less generous. Nine million little roses on their set. I cannot wait to see what this movie looks like when we get a trailer. It just sounds so. Fucking good. I have to curious about the budget, and I'm a little nervous that maybe the budget should have been just a just a tiny bit lower. Cause Listen. they planted nine million real. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. I gotta move on because that hurt. Listen, John M. Chu has earned it. Whether it did well or not, in the Heights is one of the most celebrated musicals. It's so good. It, it, was, it. It, it did not do well. It did not do well, but everybody loves it, whoever watched it. Ironically, um, what's her face? Melissa Bavera had talked about how she was extremely happy that In the Heights did absolutely horrible. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> she had talked about how um, she was happy that it wasn't the big movie, that it wasn't, wasn't her big movie break. And that she that scream happened to be the big movie break instead. Could it put her on a different trajectory for her career that she likes much better than what um in the heights was on the trajectory for? So I think it, in the heights gave um what's his face? He got uh, Transformers off that. Yeah, that's what that's where I think that's what he needed. I think Melissa needed Scream more. But they're still great in the movie together. Speaking of Scream and Transformers, ironically, we're gonna talk about Paramount. Oh boy. So Paramount came with Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. 
and they got to see 20 minutes. Oh, uh -huh. oh that breaks my heart. You know what scene they got to saw, Jake? You know what scene got, they got to saw? Haley Atwell's character getting in trouble with the law in France, and it's the France even It's the car chase. It's her car chase yeah. wherein Tom Cruise's Ethan Haley Atwell character being visually chased by a dedicated French of satins played by Palm Queen. This movie is going to be so good. I already talked about this. Um, I I will have to say, since I have seen the trailer in theaters now, uh huh, uh huh, it's even better in theaters. <laughs> and I didn't think that was even possible. It's what so it is. just oh, give me this movie. So the next one we have is the Killers of the Flower Moon. Which uh, just got a standing ovation and called a masterpiece by Rolling Stone from Cannes Film Festival. I'm really interested in this. Um, I didn't so end I... up releasing my trailer reaction to it because I didn't have a lot to say. So I didn't think it was as interesting as the trailer was gorgeous. I thought it was really pretty. I just did not realize what, yeah. the, what it was. And um, so when that people started line. really, when it became really brutal. Uh, the second half, uh -huh. kind of like the Mortal Kombat trailer. First half Mortal Kombat trailer, very beautiful, very vicious. Like, and then all and of a sudden, it <laughs> that was kind of my thought while watching. I was like, "Oh, that that got really, really, really violent." Wow, I was not expecting that. Um, I don't know. My only my only takeaway is I really hope Martin Scorsese decide to bring in people from Native American tribes and stuff that they're he talking did. about. They, talk, they, they talked about it at CinemaCon. That's my only that thing. I really important. hope that they had advisories come in and stuff because I think that is the most important thing for telling stories that are not that are not Go your read. own. If if you want these if you want these um your your questions answered, go read Rolling Stone's review. I highly recommend go reading that for yourself because that perfectly explains what you're asking. I I will I will be reading the book. It's very that final and, line in Chaw the trailer, do you recognize any of the wolves? It just, it's so good. <laughs> the next one would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Man, uh, May, Mutant Mayhem. Give me this fucking movie, <laughs> please. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> I also didn't know the main villain is voiced by Ice T. Ice Cube. Ice T. Ice cube. No, ice tea. No, it's ice cube. No, it's Zachary. It's ice tea. I have it right here. It's Superfly. Yes. It is Hold voiced on. by Ice Cube. Huh? So I'm gonna gonna. So ice tea and ice cube are the same person. No, Ice T is from Law and Order SV. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's right. No, I'm right. You're right. You're wrong. I'm right. Tired Jacob, please wake up. Ice T, that's who is the person from Law and Order is the villain. I swear they put out posters and everything, and it said Ice Cube's playing Superfly. Oh, oh, I See, this would happen. Here. No, 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 no. You, you, you keep going. I'll look this up. I got you. Oh, okay. That's fine. Can you, can you please do this? Because it's telling me I have Superfly, voiced by IC. 
moving on. Um, we're both excited for that one, but we're just going to move so on. Uh, the next one they showed was A Quiet Place Day 1, which I'm so excited for. Oh, I'm so, so excited for. Um, it was a very brief teaser. That one stars with P. Nyong'o and uh, Alex Wolf and a few other people, Joseph Quinn. And, oh, it showed uh, Running in Fear and a brief moment, just Quinn screaming in pain. Very excited. Uh, that's that's the world ending. So it's um, he's never seen a Quiet Place Part Two. The opening of Quiet Place Part Two is day one, and so it's it's a different person's story on it. I'm very excited about it. So Zachary, um, who who's voicing that character? Could you could you get that one for me? I'm getting I, it here. Give me a minute. Okay, moving on. We have if Ice I, Cube Superfly on Google. I got nothing. Hold on. It's too late for this. <laughs> I mean, it could be that the person who wrote the article got the name wrong. I don't know how you mix up Ice-T and Ice-Q, but, you know. <laughs> That's just me. And then here is an official artwork from the movie right there. Yeah, no, you're right. It's Ice Cube. Yeah, you know, you're right. I thought I was wrong. You're right. I accept it. We move on. The next one being If. <laughs> that would have been uh, a very, 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 very different film if it was Ice-T. I don't know if I could take it that seriously. The next one is If. This is by John Krasinski. This is his... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It follows a pairing of young girl Kaylee Fleming and her overbearing adult neighbor Ryan Reynolds as they're mysteriously get the ability to see people's old imaginary friends walk about society. The film is a mix of live action CGI with all the imaginary friends being various larger than life bizarre creatures. The main character is narration is a large purple fuzzy beast voiced by Steve Carell. The plot of If is all about finding new homes for these imaginary friends in this world. Once people forget or move on their imaginary friends, they're left in a state of limbo. Hold on. There's a whole ensemble of CGI imaginary friends who main human characters must help, and they're incredibly different from one another, coming in all different shapes and sizes. It features a very impressive, hold on, voice cast of these friends, including Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Maya Rudolph, Bieber R. Bridges, Vince Vaughn, Sam Rockwell, Richard Jenkins, John Stewart, Sebastian Mancinzo, I can't pronounce that, Chris, Christopher Maloney, ironically, and Aquafina. Jacob, can I ask you a question? What does it sound like to you? I don't know. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends on Cartoon Network. Honestly, kind of. <laughs> that's exactly that. That's exactly that story of them finding a finding a home for these imaginary characters that have no home to go to, and they but stick blue over there. Only if they end up in an imaginary home for fun. If they do, <laughs> Cartoon Network gets sued. So Zachary. Okay. Could you uh, tell me what this next one is? It's Transformers 1. It's an animated feature. And I'm at such a mix on this. I'm at such a mix on this. Chris Hemsworth is playing Optimus Prime. Scarlett Johansson is playing Alita 1. Um, and then uh, oh, Brian Tyree Henry is playing Megatron. Oh, I know, I know there's more. Lawrence Fishburne is Alpha Trion. Can you keep more? going? I have other people. I have two other people. 
Um, give me the give, give, give me the give me the robot names. Bumblebee. Oh shit! Oh, I did not like this casting at all. Speaking of, hold on. Speaking of Ariana DeBoise, he just started a movie with her. It's one of your favorites, and it's not James Gordon. Okay, it's Keegan Michael Key. It was not helping. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, that's right. Keegan Michael Key's playing Bumblebee. And then Sentinel Prime. Sentinel Prime is played by. La, 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 la. I forget. John Hamm. Thank. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Um. Now, out of curiosity, and this is just my my, because to me personally, as not being a full-on Transformers stand, i.e., uh-huh. me, this sounds amazing. Like, if his uh-huh. visuals are here, it could be phenomenal. No, I agree. So my question to you, and you can answer it truthfully, because I'm curious. I can't. Is it because the voice cast is different? Kind of like what they gave with Scoot. It it is because of one person. One person in particular. Is that Chris Hemsworth? Yes. Yes. There is no disrespect to Chris Hemsworth. No, this is a genuine thing. There is no disrespect to Chris Hemsworth. Peter Cullen got the shit end of the stick of a deal when it came to Bumblebee back in 2018. He was not given the any amount of money that he was supposed to get for voicing that role, and he has publicly talked about it. He got replaced in Earthspark because their contract would not give him the money he is owed to play this role for how long. He has been playing Optimus Prime for 30 years. And everybody else I'm fine with. I've heard numerous other people play Optimus Prime. Every iteration of Transformers has always been Colin. I'm getting... I might cry. It's always been him. Well, okay. And so to hear him... I I'm just I'm, I don't like it. My only question, okay, mm-hmm. would it make it now? I guess the only thing you can you can say here that could be a counter argument, which is is extremely fair. I mean, oh my god, is it so fair of a counter argument? It's almost not even worth talking about. It does say young Optimus Prime. Do you think they just think maybe Peter Collins' voice is too old? But then from what I've heard from what I've heard in Rise of the Beast, you can definitely tell his voice is getting a little bit older. Which I understand. He's he's no longer in his twenties anymore. He's about eighty, and he can still do that voice so fucking well. But when do you, you hear think him that say, could be the reason out, why? That's probably the reason why. This is this is they they're calling him Optimus Prime. I think that's where I'm getting my bridges in the mix. Chris Hemsworth is not playing Optimus Prime. He he's is playing, playing young. Ryan. He's playing Orion Pax. He is playing. He's playing the one, the man before the prime. If they would call him Orion Pax, I'd be completely fine with this. But they are calling him Optimus Prime, and so that's where it's bothering me. This is a very very big deal for me. This makes me not going to go watch, watch this movie. That's how big of a deal this is to me. Well, I guess we should just wait and see what the trailer I'm is wait like. See how it looks. Yes, absolutely. I'm still. This is the first animated Transformers film in theaters in almost twenty years, and also. Not to, I have no, obviously, disrespect to anybody whose voice, I'm a very big believer in, you know, if you have a, Scoob is a very good example. Matthew Willard and should have been Shaggy. Should have been Shaggy. Um, I'll stand to that to this day. I think the movie is horrible because of it. I think the rest of the cast is phenomenal. I have no problems with it. it There's just certain people. It ruins the spirit of Shaggy and Scooby without hearing Matthew Willard. There's just certain people you keep the same. 
And I like um, what's his face, the person who plays Daredevil. I enjoy him as an actor. He's just not shagging. He's just not my shagging. Um, so I do understand where Zachary is coming from. But on same thing with Scoob, part of the reason why they went through and they gave it an entire like popular voice cast was for the movie to do well in theaters. Scoob happened to come out during the pandemic, so like that doesn't really count, but that's the whole point of that. So also, on one hand, as upset as you could be, they are trying to make sure people want to go see this. Go see the movie, and I get it. And, you know, maybe it's because they're all young. It all says they're all playing young characters. But see, I can counter-argument that. Peter Cullen was the voice of Prime in all three Transformers movies by Michael Bay, and they all went on to make a billion dollars. No, I, I definitely also not. In Transformers Four, which also went on to make a billion dollars. I definitely very much agree with that statement as well. I've not. That's all I'm saying is that I could I could see that being what the studio would being tell an animated you. Animated movie that also puts it in that more of a. It's not live action. They're going more. In, I get that too. I don't know. And so maybe if it does do very well, maybe the sequel, because they wouldn't be playing young Optimus Prime, maybe they would bring in Peter Collins to play the older Optimus Prime. Just It just depends on what the story is going to be. If they're going on a story, I think they're going to go on. The sequel would be them starting the war on Cybertron. And then, because it's planned as a three-part trilogy, I think this will be the destruction of the French between Megatronus and Orion. Him getting the Matrix probably be the end of the movie. The sequel will be the start of the war. And then the third one will be the fall and them going to Earth. That's what I think the trilogy will end up being. The last one that they brought, um, very small little thing that they brought, was the untitled Avatar The Last Airbender film. Good God, this piece of artwork. They brought, so yeah. Good. They brought in a single image to reveal. The artwork for Aang, Katara, Soka, Zuko, Toph. Um, it looks, it looks so good. In their late twenties and early thirties, their costumes are one hundred percent accurate to the an- animated series. Zuko is the only one that looks different with an extra long, filed ponytail. It looks. Awesome. I, I have only seen six episodes of Avatar: Last Airbender, so I have You're no words. That, right? Huh? You're gonna change that, right? I thought it was okay. I wasn't super duper like impressed. You need to get further in. You need to get further in. I'm telling you, the no. story it it starts out very Nickelodeon, very kiddie, but as the show gets on, it gets it gets progressively more adult. And by the end of it, it gets freaking just Dragon Ball Z shit, man. It is fucking awesome. I like, and then Korra. Oh, you'd love Korra. So good. All right, and guys, that is Simicon. Overall, I think this was a a good CinemaCon. I think last year's was a lot better. I think they, they, I think people brought more to the table last year. Um, there were some good reveals this year, don't get me wrong. And also, uh, they got to see Joyride at CinemaCon, which played very well for everybody. Everybody loved Joyride. Joyride has which, 100% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. It looks so, it's so good. Exciting. It looks so good. They, 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 they screened The Flash, and then they screened um, The Boogeyman, which also did very, 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 very well. So... Yeah, I'm, 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 I've been pretty impressed with the Boogeyman trailers as well, so I'm excited for that. I think it could be really good. It, I completely agree. I'm not going to uh, watch it. But it could well, be maybe. <laughs> no. Never say never on this channel. <laughs> never. It's on, never. It's on, it's on, no, it's on audio now. Never. Mm-mm. Never say never. Yeah, he's right. Um, Zachary, do you want to go ahead and say the outro, and we can end part one of 
April. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that was April. There was a lot of emotions in this part, in this episode part, duly from me mostly. Um, thank you guys very much for listening, watching, subscribing. Make sure to hit that comment section. Let us know your favorite story of the first half of April. And don't worry, we just because we didn't get to talk about Ahsoka yet, come back for part two. We'll see you for all Star Wars coverage when we get to that one. We'll see you guys then. As always, goodbye. Da, 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 da.